All right, guys, we're live for the 51th installment of the Playing to Win series, and I'm uh, joined today by none other, Greg O'Gallagher from the Kino Body brand. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? We're good. We're good here. I've, um, you know, I always like to chop it up with guys before I do one of these, and um, this is the first time we've actually connected. We had like 30 seconds before I hit the live button, but um, I watched a few interesting uh, interviews that you did in the last uh, year, one on Pillow Talks. So we're going to be talking about the ladies, if you're ready for some of that shit. Sure. Um, and I want to talk about business and how you built your brand. And basically, the whole premise and theme around the playlist is how you know guys are playing to win in life. Because there's two ways, there's, there's two distinct ways that I see men usually playing. It's either playing to win or playing not to lose. And I just want to get some clarity out there for guys watching. This is the sort of stuff that we're going to head on. We're going to dive down a rabbit hole on uh, Greg and what he's done with his life because it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of dudes out there that hit me up that are younger. They're 20, they're 19. And that's when you got started, you know, building your Kino body brand and what you did for yourself. And I think you're about 30 now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 30. Yeah. And if um, memory serves, you hit your first million around the age of 24. You started around 19. Yeah. Yeah. 24 was when I like banked first mill after tax. All right. And you're in Toronto, so you're a local guy. Um, haven't, haven't had the uh, pleasure of running into you yet, uh, IRL, but, um, how did you get started with, um, you know, self-care and monetizing, uh, taking your shirt off, I suppose is the best way to, to, you know, summarize it. You know, the, the thing that kind of stayed is that like, I had a passion for fitness at a really, really young age. Like literally 13, I was like already obsessed with the idea of working out, building muscle, doing push-ups, um, lifting weights. And and so throughout my entire teenage years, like working out was my passion and something I was really, really obsessed with. And I would I'd read all kinds of content. Um, and so that actually like helped me. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm 18 or 19 now. I got into fitness last year and now I want to monetize it. Um, this was something that was uh was that i was always always very into and so at 19 years old i i felt very disenfranchised from university from going to school doing a program for four years working up the corporate ladder i wanted to kind of build my own thing and the idea of building a business around fitness like was the dream i was like this is like i love fitness this isn't even a job this is what really i really want to do and uh I started personal training, um, but I just didn't, it didn't see personal, like training clients every day just did not, was not fulfilling to me. I didn't see really like the big picture there. And I remember getting my first mentor, a guy named Rusty Moore. And, and he, he was building a fitness blog that was getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of visits a month. And he was an affiliate marketer and he was actually, you know, building a six figure income. Um, with his blog. And then that like that really sparked my interest. I was like, I could do this. I could create content on fitness and, and you know, and, you know, build traffic, build an email list and then start to, you know, promote, promote different programs or, or build my own. And that's like at 19. That's why I started Kino Body. And like I, I never went back from there. Why did, why did fitness fascinate you? Like why all the push ups and, you know, the working out and the obsession with it? I, I remember like growing up, like kind of watching movies uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Van Damme. And I just, I kind of saw these characters that were strong and powerful. And I wanted that, you know, I think as a kid, I felt a little small and I wanted, like, I, I just, 
like in my like in my blood, I just wanted to be strong and powerful. I didn't want anyone to mess with me. So I think the initial driver of fitness was more so I could handle myself, so I could protect myself, uh, so I could defend myself, so no one could even bully bully me. And it was never it was never about impressing girls. The the driver was kind of to feel like that role model that I was seeing in that movie. Did you get um, bullied as a kid? Like, did you feel no, nothing crazy, but just kind of a little bit, just you know, mm -hmm. just 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 a little bit, and it just like I just remember just the feeling of it. Just never want to feel like that. Like I think some people can get like bullied, and and they let it. Like for me, it's like like I I, I have a chip on my shoulder with that. So like I like like a little a little bully. I'm like fuck it. I'm I'm gonna go train. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do. I I don't want to be in that position. Yeah, I I think Schwarzenegger was what uh, you know flipped the switch for me when I saw him in uh, Conan. I was like, whoa, like that's that's pretty impressive, right? It's like, no homo was just like straight up. How can somebody look like that? And everybody else looks like that. And this guy's able to command that level of presence. Um, I remember when I was, it was probably around the same age as you. And I was, I was like a little bit of a, well, I wasn't a little bit, I was actually a really scrawny kid. Cause I think around 12 or 13, I was about six foot, six foot one. And I was maybe like 130 pounds. And my dad gave me this, um, uh, mail order, basically a pamphlet from when he got it, when, when he was in the Royal air force and it, and it was done by this guy called Charles Atlas. I don't know if you know yeah. about that program. Yeah, no, Charles, he was one of the like early kind of uh, fitness figures and yeah, like one of the originals, right? Original, like the, yeah. yeah. Like the OG. And it's like, you know, it was, it was a program called dynamic tensions and it was like, you know, push ups and chin ups. And you, you know, if you wanted to build your chest, you'd like, you know, put your hands in like this, or if you wanted to build your biceps, you'd go like this, right. And do like a, a curl. And it was a really interesting uh, program, but it was just like, I just went all in with it too, man. It was, it was, um, fitness has always fascinated me. Like one of the reasons why I follow Greg guys is, um, I think I came across your stuff maybe like four or five years ago. And I saw this guy that was younger than me with a, with a really good physique that was out there doing the work, getting really good reach and views on YouTube and Instagram. Um, and then he started putting out these programs and I always found like the stuff that you were putting out was entertaining too. Like it wasn't just, uh, you know, educational. There was a level of like, there's a couple of produced videos that you did, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne one. There was another one, you know, like American psycho, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, really, really good stuff. Like, in fact, if you search for Greg's name on Google, it like you actually come up as a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did that I did, happen? I did a little, uh, I did a little, uh, executive producing in, in, in a film or two. And so like I, I got on IMDb and all that stuff. Um, but nothing, I haven't done anything like anything like I, you know, big there yet. So a lot of guys look at dudes like you and they're like, oh, he's an overnight success. He got lucky or they'll chalk it, you know, chalk it up as um, well. You know, he inherited all of his money from his dad because I know that your dad passed when you were younger and he had a real estate portfolio. You didn't really have an interest in real estate from what I understood. And actually, one of the things I wanted to ask, ask you about, because there was a note somewhere that I uh, saw that you went to university and you basically dropped out because you saw the marketing strategies that they were teaching you was garbage or not useful in the real world. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was on the fence about going to university to begin with. I wasn't sure if it was even what I wanted to do. I, I went kind of, I got sucked up into the moment um, with all my friends applying and, and all that. And I went to school and, and uh, I just kind of remember sitting in class and just trying to like, just trying to figure out the ROI. Like I'm sitting in class and I would say 
10% or 15% of, of the time, I'm like, okay, maybe there's utility to this. And then 80, like at least 80%, I was like, this is not going to help me. This is not going to serve me in life. This is not going to help me build a business, make money, become successful. And so I'm just like, why am I pouring in um, four years of my life for something that's not directly going to help get me to my goal? And I, you know, I remember one of the computer classes that we're in, we're learning this out, like outdated website development that, that was pretty much obsolete at the time. And I'm like, this is, this is so dumb. Like, this is like, this is a complete waste of time. And I'm, I'm in class, I'm looking in the auditorium, okay, at university, you got what, 150 people in an auditorium, everyone's coughing. <sighs> They're coughing all, like every three seconds. And I have like misophonia. That stuff will annoy me. So I'm listening to all these people. They're sick. They're coughing. They're drinking all the time. They're playing Farmville on the computer. And I'm like, is this where I'm going to learn to become a multimillionaire? And I'm like, this is garbage. And uh, and then I pretty much checked out for the rest of the year and just kind of just kind of did my own sort of self study and kind of went to went through the motions and and kind of just kind of got the the different gears kind of moving and. Um, I think a lot of people get, get swept up in the idea that they have to go to school, even though it's kind of in vogue to tell you you don't have to get go to school. They just can't handle the pressure of their friends or family or peers basically kind of telling them, hey, you need that degree. For me, it's like, man, life is short. We have one life. I am not in a million years going to give away four years of my life just to appease someone close to me. No, I'm going to do what I want to do. And, uh, you know, I always had that self-belief that, was kind of built and sharpened from training that, hey, if I want something and if I set a goal and I'm willing to work for it, I will achieve that goal. It might not be easy. It might not happen in one straight shot, but I will figure it out and I will get what I want. And, and that sort of self-belief you want, like you need to have um, if you're going to start a business or kind of go against the grain. You must have got some heat from family for dropping out of university. How did that go down? Um. Yeah, I got... I got, I definitely got some heat for the first couple years. Um, and you know, it, it, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of, I think like the, the idea kind of what I put out, I was like, Hey, look, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take a, a, a year or two to figure this out. And you know, like, and I, I can always go back to school and I knew in a million, like I knew in my head, I'm not going to go back to school, but yeah, there was a lot of flack from friends, from family, from my, family friends saying like you're making a colossal mistake you know everyone thinks they can go and start a online business and and make money it's it's you know it's not going to happen or you know you're going to end up being a personal trainer and you you can't you came from this very very successful family you're not going to you're not going to be satisfied on a on a personal training salary and like deep down I'm like I want this is my life I want to do what fulfills me we're going to spend literally 60 70 percent of our life in our career and our job so if you don't like it you're throwing your life away and um and i didn't even set out like my goal when i got into the fitness online stuff my goal was i didn't care to like necessarily make tons and tons of money i just want to do what i loved and have freedom you know freedom to kind of work where i want um freedom to 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 run my business how i want and my initial goal was basically, you know what? By the time my friends graduate, so basically in four, three, four years, I want to be making six figures a year online for my business. And like that way, you know, these my, my my all my peers, they're graduating school, they're having to look for jobs. 
a lot of times, I don't, you probably know this, like how many people graduate from university and they're working a job they could have worked without without that degree. Yeah, they're um, making my coffee at Starbucks most of the time. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? They're going to be running around trying to find jobs and I'm going to be making six figures from my online business. And I set that goal um, and, and it happened. And and again, it took a long, long time for my fam for my family to kind of give me that green light of approval of what I was doing. Like, I think I had to have, I think I had to be making millions of dollars and have like 10 people working for me for them to finally get it. Um, but, but at first they're like, Oh, is, is this just a short term kind of fad or wait, how are you making money? I don't understand <laughs> it. Like, 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 what is this? Dude? Like my, my mom had to have literally her like family friends and lawyer and be like, wow, what Gregory's doing is so impressive for her to even like be like, Oh, it is impressive. So like it, it you know, it, it definitely, it definitely took a, a while. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it, it's kind of that the th thing is, is that like, if, if, if you're actually meant to do it, you don't care. You don't mind the flack. Like if a little bit of your, if your family being upset and, and, and telling, you no, like, like you want that, you need that pressure going against you because if you can't handle that, you're not going to handle anything else. And I think in life, it's good to have kind of that opposing pressure because it definitely like it, it like it, 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 it makes you kind of like if, if everyone just tells you, Hey, building a business is easy. And yes, you're going to start this online business and you're going to make six figures in four years and everything's going to go smooth. Like if, if everyone's telling you that, like then you're, you're going to have, like, you're going to expect it to go smooth. And when things get tough, you're just going to give up. Like you need people to tell you, Hey, this is really hard. It's not going to work out. Like you're, you know, so I actually like respect that sort of pressure. How long did it take for them to come around and, and like see that, it was the right choice. And I mean, a lot of the times what I noticed, like even with my family, when I started my first um, real big business, when I was 30, um, it took a few years and then people started asking me to hire them. You know, first they were laughing at me because of what I did. And then it's like, okay, you know, 12, 24 months, like within a few years, it was like, so do you have an opening? You know, uh, I've been watching what you've been doing. Like how long did that take for you? Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. So, I mean, the first first few years, I think my friends and peers I went to high school with that were in university were kind of like, oh, man, like, what's, you know, what is Greg doing? Like, he's he's kind of like, like, they, they, they kind of saw, like, they kind of saw me kind of, you know, take that first step into like a like downward progression in life. And I would say, so I started in 19, I would say, like, like, things really started getting good when I was like 20, 22. Um, I, I, uh, I think when I bought like my first car, it kind of like, kind of changed the narrative. What did you treat yourself to? Um, so I got like an, like just an Audi A7. Um, but like 22, it's like, it's at 22 years old. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, kind of like a big purchase. Mm. Not too many 22 year old kids are, are going and, and, uh, and so it, it wasn't anything crazy. Like it was, it was, you know, if I, I financed it and it was like literally nothing, like it didn't, it, like it was, I could have done that way earlier, but just, just, you, you kind of, I think like with, with, with kind of people observing you, like it's, it, there's certain like status signals that like trigger, Oh, he's actually doing something, even if it's relatively easy to do. So I can, I could have lots of money in the bank, but no one's going to see that. But as soon as I go and and get a car, then it's like, Oh shit, like this must be really working out. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then like, I think like, I think at one, like one, uh, family dinner, you know, my, 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 I, I was probably 21. So this is probably before I even got a car, but I was, I think I was 21. Everyone's at family. And then I come up in conversation 
And then my mom was just like, oh, Gregory should be in university. What is he doing with his business? And then my, and then, you know, my, my, uh, like, you know, like, you know, what is your fallback going to be? And I was like, I don't know, the hundred K in my bank account at the time is a pretty good fallback for now. Um, and then, and then like, then my whole family was like, wait, what the hell? Like 21 year old kids got hundred K in his bank account. Like he's, he's doing something right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I mean, those are the kind of, kind of the first, first little, little, uh, glimpses, but, um, but I mean, you know, it's end of the day, there's, there's like, you know, Jim Carrey had a very, very, very good quote from his father, uh, where he's referencing his father, basically where his father kind of took the safe route, um, worked kind of that, you know, worked that kind of jaw he didn't really want to do. Um, and, and in the end he got fired and was broke. And so like the main, the main story is that you can fail at doing what you don't want to do. So, you, you know, you might as well go after what you want. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's the difference between playing not to lose and playing, playing to win right there. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I think, and then, in, you know, at 24, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it, uh, when, when the business got to that certain level, um, then pretty much, you know, everything, everything, everything changed. Um, and the Bruce Wayne video and then kind of traveling all over the place, um, getting recognized like a ton. Um, and you know, it just kind of, so I'd say like really like kind of, kind of the seed was planted at like 21, 22, but the first, first 19, 20, first two, two and a half years, um, two first three years, you kind of going against, uh, you're kind of, you're kind of swimming against the, the current. And then, and then at the year four, uh, the kind of the things kind of switched. And, and again, like you have to, you know, the only person that matters that like believes in you ultimately is going to be yourself. And I'm a very numbers oriented person. And so when I started my business, even if I was making 500 bucks a month, okay. You know, and that's, and that's one of the things that you have to do when you start a business is that you have to have that discipline where it's like, man, if you're accustomed to making, you know, more money doing a job that you kind of want to get out of and you like going out for dinners, you like go, taking out girls on dates, you like doing these things, you like having a little bit of money to, to spend and then you want to start a business. Well, guess what? A lot of for me, it took probably three like it took to make uh, a normal full time salary took about three years. So I for those first three years, I I was living very lean. I wasn't going out for dinners. I was cooking at home. I was staying in. I was not going out very many weekends. See, people think that I got money thrown at me by my parents when I was, uh, uh, you know, a, a young adult. And the reality is, is I didn't like all. I have there's five kids in my family. We're all pretty, pretty grounded and 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 not. I'm the only one in my family of five that, that's flashy that can do this stuff. Um, we're all pretty like like if I got cars bought for me and uh, a credit card connected to my parents' bank account at 20, I wouldn't have been able to work for three years making no money. I wouldn't like, I, like it would be too hard. Like I'd be like, why am I going to spend eight hours a day working on this online company uh, to make, you know, maybe 500 bucks this month when I can go and drop 5k this weekend on my, you know? So I actually, so my, my, uh, my father, before he passed away, I think he developed a very clear strategy to incentivize his, his kids to work very, very fucking hard and then to help them out later in life with, you know, whatever. Um, uh, but but the his his plan was always 
for us to be highly incentivized because for him, he developed, he had got way more fulfillment and fucking excitement and happiness out of building his own business than just having money. And the money was just more of like a, it's like a, it's like a little, you know, it's a sign of my success. Like, yes, I can go and have build this incredible castle or I can, you know, take my family on a, on, you know, do the, or buy this car. But it's like, once you, you know, it's, it's just kind of it, it, the, the, the journey or the game was really what lifted him up. And he didn't, he didn't want to take that away from his kids. Um, like he saw with many other rich families where, Oh, these kids can you are, talk a little bit about how he incentivized, you know, you and your siblings to greatness. Well, there was, it was all, it was all kind of just kind of the way, you know, he, he lived his life. There was nothing, uh, no crazy strategy, but, I mean, he always, he always kind of, you know, pressed like two things on me, you know, work hard, set goals, work hard, set goals. This is my money. This is not your money. These are my buildings. These are not your buildings. Like you need to kind of build your own thing. Um, and, and the idea was basically like at, at, at in our entire twenties, we're like, this is like, we're, we're getting like, we're getting like, yes, school paid for, um, help, whatever, but, but like you're, if you want to get a car, you you go buy it. We're not getting giving you a car, right? And so, it, it wasn't anything. Basically, it's just like, hey, if if you're you know if 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 you're a multimillionaire and you have kids that are twenty, you know it can be tempting to want to like, okay, let's 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 give him like it just it just having a very very strong strong uh, standards and, and kind of rules to follow. It's like, no, you want a car, you got to buy it. And I feel like a lot of people. Like that's the thing, like, you know, they, they want to, you know, they want, and, and also my, my, uh, my, with my mom in, in the house, like she's, she's very, uh, unassuming. And so like kind of grew up with like Mazdas and Acuras. Acura was like the, the, the nice car in the family. So if I wanted to get a cool car, I had, I had to kind of, to, I had to kind of, uh, make the money, but, but that was pretty much like, that was kind of my, you know, and that's probably the one, that's probably the one like I, I get, I get hate over the years. I've gotten probably a lot of hate and I don't care because usually the more hate I get, the more money I'm making. Um, and you need that hate. Like you, like if it, you don't want to go for it, but if you are marking yourself and you're polarizing and you're getting tons and tons of attention and tons of people are connecting with you, some people are going to, are going to like get pushed the wrong way and you're going to get some hate. So I actually have found that like if you're doing things right you're sucking people in and you're pushing people away. You're putting your flags up and you're saying, this is who I am. This is who I want. This is what, who I don't want. But the, the only hate that bothers me is that like, Oh, Greg got inheritance. Uh, he couldn't have started his business without his, without like, you know, this and that. Oh, like, yeah, he just had, the reality is, is that I started my business lean. The first year cost me $500. And that first year I made 10 grand and I, I saved it. And I, and then the next year I, I, I made, Thirty thousand dollars, and I and I saved that. And the next year, I made eighty thousand. And then the fourth fourth year, I made two hundred k. And then the fifth year, I made a million dollars before I spent one dollar on advertising, literally. And I barely had employees. I had two people working for me that I I I gave them a little bit of a, a profit split at the time. And so, like, I I I did it lean. I wasn't like I wasn't like, oh, I need to get a hundred k or two hundred k to start this business, and I need to do this, and I I'm gonna run in the hole. I actually built my company on on uh, doing organic blog content, YouTube content, building my own mailing list, like literally had no expenses. And then and then I only started spending 
lots of money on ads when I already when I was already making a million, a million plus a year. And then that's when things kind of started to kind of escalate a lot. But then people are like, oh, you know, he must have had he must have got millions of dollars and then invested that in starting his business and hiring this marketing team and then doing that. It's like, no, I started like I even the real start was when I was like 13 working out and reading all kinds of fitness stuff. Yeah, there's no overnight successes. Every overnight success I know of took five, 10 years to achieve that success. It's, it's not as easy. And I'm like, you know, to the point of haters and, you know, those of that have watched me for a while have heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. Hate only ever comes from beneath. Nobody ever gets jealous of losers, right? So whenever somebody's spewing hate at you, it's usually envy, uh, envy driven, right? Because you're either, you look better than them, you're making more money than them, your girl's hotter than them, you're driving a nicer car. It's like, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's usually envy driven, right? Oh yeah, no, hundred, hundred percent. And also, I mean, here's what, here's what, here's what I'll say. You know, I'll say that the more haters, the better. Like, if the world is full of haters, that the it is a lot easier to succeed because there's no one whose mental model is is is, is dialed in more for failure than a hater. Um, Eckhart Tolle has this really powerful quote, and I see it, I see it so much, and it's that, it's that. Whenever you resent someone else's success, you curtail your own success. Mm. If you want to attract and welcome success, um, if you want to attract a success, you have to welcome it wherever you see it. You know, when I saw Ty Lopez in in uh, 2015 popping off, okay, when I saw Ty Lopez in 2015 popping off, I was at a dinner, and I, you know, and it was this mixed bag of of more fitness figures that were making money in the industry. Um, and, and I think some of them had definitely achieved some good success, but every, all of them kind of crashed and burned, um, at this dinner. Like they pretty much all, maybe a couple are still doing okay, but, but they were just going on this freaking. they were just hating on Ty Lopez. Oh, this guy, oh, what a douchebag. He's, you know, he's got this rented Lamborghini and this garage video and they're hating on it, hating on it, hating on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I didn't even know who he was at the time. I'm like, who's this Ty Lopez guy? And I, and I found the video and I was like, this guy's a fucking genius. Holy cow. And I'm like, like, I'm seeing these ads everywhere. Okay, this guy's clearly making tons of money from these ads. You can't spend this much amount on, on YouTube if, if, if you're losing money and it's not I working. I always get curious when I see shit like that. I'm like, what's this guy doing that I'm not doing? I know, I got curious and I was like, I got pissed off. I'm like, why am I not running ads? I'm like, this guy's running, I'm like, I can make a cooler ad. And I, that's when I, I kind of made that Bruce Wayne video and then that did very well for us. But like, see, that's the problem. See, once you start hating, you stop learning. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so if someone's above you and you start hating on them, oh, look how they're, mar- they're using a Lamborghini to market themselves or in their garage or, you know, it's like then that you've thrown away that learning opportunity. And again, I will say this, the more haters in the world, the easier it is for me to succeed because you're, you're literally you're literally attaching a, you know, an iron to yourself. You're, 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 you're attaching a chain and ball to yourself. Um, and again, if I was going through life, just hating on, hating on people. It just throws you down, down. So I don't care. Like, I don't care if, even if someone is, even if someone is putting themselves out there in, in sort of a bad way, but they're, they're, they're usually, there's something to learn from, you know? So you don't have to love everything they're doing. There's, there's something to learn from, you know, even, even look at, look at, uh, look at the past president, you know, I mean, he he did an amazing job at, 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 at but even even like a lot of a They're lot still of people, talking about him today. They still hate him on, on him today. But like you can't even people like they that that's an extreme example. If you can't, they're you like can't. free marketing. I always look at haters like that's my free marketing team. They won't shut up about me. Thank you. 
no, no, a hundred percent. And I've always kind of had this little belief that like, basically no one is inherently all good. No one inherently is all bad. And, you know, stupid people just kind of, they kind of live in extremes where, oh, he's terrible and everything he does is bad. He doesn't have one good quality. Um, whereas the truth is always sort of in the middle. Like there's yeah. people are double-edged swords, no matter how amazing or, or terrible someone is, they have, you know, different qualities. And if you, you can't see that, then you're, you're going through life blind. If you can't see that, you know, that this person who's a very uh, heated or controversial figure has both sides and he's doing good things too, or he's doing, or this amazing, you know, if you can't see that you're going through life blind and like, I'll, no one should listen to you because you, you, you have no objectivity. Are you a car guy? I mean, uh, I see you with a Lamborghini Urus and, you know, I see you in Lambos and R8s from time to time. Like, are these your cars? You rent them for, for shoots or uh, what's the deal there? Some of them I own, some of them I, I rent. I am definitely, I'm probably not on the same level of car guy um, as you, but, you know, I mean, growing up, yeah, like I, I was obsessed with cars and getting cars and, and, uh, and you know, I, I, yeah, I've driven Lambos and, um, of McLaren and and pretty much almost everything, um, but but uh, I I haven't I haven't done en- like the I haven't done enough driving or racing or or, or any of that any of that stuff. Um, but but uh, but I'm 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 into the you know it's like I uh, my favorite thing and this is what I'm gonna do this summer is like I I am happiest and I have the most fun with a freaking top down convertible. Like I, I am purely, I got, I remember I got the, I got a Jaguar F type, um, convertible. Yeah. That was and, a nice car. Uh, I saw that on your feet at one point. Yeah. I got it in like what, when I was 24, 25, I had a Tesla before that, but I, but it didn't do anything for me. Um, and I got the, the, the Jag F type and I, I just, I just had so much fun in the summer, top down music blasting, dri- like driving, Thing in it, thing is in Canada, man, is that like I can't, I, I, I gotta, I gotta like tame myself. I, I'm like one ticket away from like, you know losing my license for for fuck's sake. Yeah. So you I, ever I, done a rally? I was no, no. So, so I mean, the good thing about a rally because I've done a few now. It's been a few years that I joined. Um, like Toronto's largest supercar club is called Saturn's Drives, right? And he does rallies, you know, throughout the summer and sometimes in the fall. And I've done a few of them now, and they're a lot safer than driving by yourself because you're in a group of. I mean, usually it's about 80, 85 cars that are registered for the rally. And the cool thing about the rally is you're rolling with guys that are driving the same caliber of car that you are. So it's a really good networking opportunity because it's a multi-day thing. You have dinners, drinks, you're shooting the shit. You're causing havoc on the roads, obviously, and having some laughs. But, um, you know, usually break off into groups of like a dozen, maybe two dozen cars. And you kind of like, you know, you follow the route because you have a route on uh, Waze or on uh, Google Maps. And because you're in such a large group, I've like almost nobody ever gets ticketed. If you ever get pulled over, it's like, you know, the cops are pulling over a bunch of cars and they don't have time to ticket everybody or they don't know or they can't they can't get to who was the person that was infracting. Plus, if you run anti-measures like uh, police scanners and ways and radar detect, like all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, if you want, I'll send you some information about that in uh, DMs. But uh, yeah, those are a lot of fun if you like cars. Yeah, you know what? That could be awesome. That could be awesome to. Uh, to... We did one in um, Tremblant this uh, fall where we went up to Ottawa and then went over to Tremblant back, and there's some nice hills and twisties and stuff. There's, there's a blast. What, when did you, what, what time of year was that? Fall. Um, I think, no, wait, that one was in August. Um, they had to cancel the fall one because of COVID restrictions, and I think uh, Quebec was closing down again for some reason. Um, 
but yeah, like the last couple of years have been weird. The like the wide open one that we did down in the states was the best one. That was just before COVID hit, and that was a five day one with like almost a hundred cars. It was it was awesome. You know, I'm definitely gonna have to. I'm definitely gonna have to, to join one of those. I think I'm gonna try and get into uh, this. This we're gonna get into a uh, you know nine eleven Caprolet. Yeah, nine nine one or nine nine two. Uh, I mean, let me see. I, I mean, I I actually almost bought a Turbo S. Uh, I think a 2018 Cabriolet Turbo S, and I I, I should have got it because I probably would have probably would have gone up like 30 40k. Oh yeah, it, yeah buddy of mine's got an 18 with a tune. And Greg, I'll tell you this: like I was beside him one time, and we were gonna race, and I've got a 720s, right? And I'm like, you know, what? I'm not even gonna race him because he's got all-wheel drive. But I just look over him as he pins it. And it's like it's like brake gas on these cars. The launch control is so simple; it's brake gas, and I'll hear and he just pins it. And the front wheel, I'm not even lying, like it comes up off the ground, like the car wheelies. They oh, just took off. Yeah. That was insane. They are insane. Yeah, they are insane off the line. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's been kind of fun to kind of like, I remember, like, even when I was, you know, when I was actually 19, I started my business in LA and I connected with a family friend and, and he had a, he had the 911 Turbo. And I remember like, and, and my, my father, uh, uh, you know, his last car was a, you know, a Turbo. And I remember, in like the 2002 911 Turbo was 0 to 60 in like four seconds, I think. Maybe even been 4.2. It wasn't even the high, the high threes. Oh, they'll do them in two and a half seconds now. Yes, yeah, now it's like now it's like two and a half seconds. It's just it's mind. It's painful. Like you actually have like kidney pain now when you're accelerating in some of these cars. Do you really? Oh yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, the Urus Ur- 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 right now obviously is the SUV, so it probably feels a bit different, but like. You just like an ab workout. You hit it, and just fucking, yeah. the abs are going crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but uh, but you know, this like for me, it's like it. There's there nothing hits different or feels better than being in a sports car, dropping the roof, having like the sun and the wind hitting you, the music blasting. It's just to me, it's it. You're getting like a ten x experience versus being closed off. That's and that's at least that's at least for me. I I I think everyone should everyone that's making money that likes cars should go and go and rent a convertible for a weekend just to see if, 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 if it, if it does that for you. Cause for me, it's just like, I love the fresh air being outside and just having the top down driving up, you know, to the cottage. It just, it's like, it is such a, it's, it's such an amazing experience. It's, I would, I would argue that it's the most fun you can have with your clothes on. Um, how, how useful are like, you know, the hot cars and the hot women in your work online to drive traffic to your business? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's it it helps for sure. It definitely helps. I think that even that Bruce Wayne video I did at the time, um, we used a Lambo in it and uh, and I had a I had a girl in that video. Um, it's it's anything that can do two things um, is gonna like be a magnifier. One, anything that can capture attention. Mm-hmm. Lambos, uh, exotic cars capture attention, um, mm-hmm. and also they kind of create curiosity. If so, if someone doesn't know who I am and then they, they they see this video of me doing my workout, okay, cool, whatever. Maybe he's like big deal. But if someone sees sees me and say, wait, this guy's driving to the gym in a Lambo and, and doing this workout. It's like, who is he? What's the story there? So it's, so anytime you can kind of create curiosity, it kind of, it's, it, it's very brand ele- elevating. It gets people thinking, remembering, talking. Um, and, and 
And it, you know, and the reality is, is that like, I, I kind of like, like my belief with fitness has always been like, look, the end goal isn't just to like, let's just look incredible and be jacked and that's it. It's like, people want the lifestyle. And that's kind of how I've been marketing myself. It's like, look, I, 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 I don't just care about fitness. Fitness is a, a, a pillar of my life. It kind of, it's, it's the background of my life. It, it kind of holds my routine together. But like, I, I always, you know, it, People, a lot of fit, like when I got into fitness, um, Rich, like a lot of, a lot of fitness figures were just kind of just getting way too sucked into fitness and, and, and being in the gym, like literally all the time, like sacrificing themselves to get, to get to, to, to get on stage and do shows and pose with other men. And the whole idea and like honor was just in, in like sacrificing your life, sacrificing your, your social life and putting all your time, energy and attention into your body. And to me, I was always like, what is the point of that? Like, what is the point of that? Like I, now I'm like, I've great. I, I've, I've built this amazing body, but I have no life. Isn't the point to like build this amazing body to have a better life. Mm-hmm. And now it's like more like, so my beliefs always been fitness should be a force multiplier in your life where now you like, you freaking, you look like a Greek God, you have that energy, you have that tenacity. And now your dating life and your work life is going to be, is going to be multiplied. Um, so that's that's always been my mindset. So then, when I go and I have models in, in in videos or women in videos and and sit cars, it's me kind of honoring that. Where it's like, hey, I want to have an insane body. I want to have an insanely hot girl or like my ten, and I want to you know I want to drive you know a sports car and pretty much just like win at life. And so I kind of I kind of grab it. I kind of do that. And a lot of my followers like they they like it. Like they they. Some people like kind of hate on oh this guy's using Lambo. They love it. Like when mm-hmm. I'm when I'm doing when I'm when I'm like getting a new wash or or uh, kind of you know showing signs of success, it motivates them. Um, and and so I but but um it's also but it's also one of those things where if everyone is is driving Lambos, it's obviously not gonna gonna work. I think how, like how um how useful is the the cars, the physique, the attitude in your life when it comes to women? I mean, like, was that a game changer for you? Because I mean, you were, you were pretty much always in good shape from 19, from what I understand, you know, the way that you described it. So adding adding success and influence, because I mean, now you have influence. Now you've got social proof, right? Now now people look at you and they're like, oh, this guy's got a blue check mark and a million followers on social media and a big YouTube channel. And I'm sure, I'm sure when you're out on a date from time to time, dudes will approach and be like, oh, dude, you know, your program saved my life. And you're there with a girl. And it's like, you know, automatically she's looking at you like this guy has higher social standing now, right? Like, has that changed things for you a lot, a little? Like, how did that work? Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I've had, I've had those moments and it, it, it definitely, it definitely, definitely can, can help, uh, um, a hundred percent. I mean, if you like, even like, if you've had like a girl, like a few girls approach me. And while they were chatting me up, I had a guy like recognize me, take a photo with me. And then they were like, they were pretty much like, they were like down for whatever. Um, but I'd say, I'd say, uh, I'd say to me, like uh, the, the cars hasn't been something where like directly it's something where like, oh my God, like I'm, I have this Lambo now. And then, and then uh, like, I, 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 I kind of like, like if a girl's too, if a girl's too like hidden agenda or like, or clear like objectives, oh, I, you know, I'm, I like him for this. I kind of get turned off, mm. um, but but uh, but you know I'd say I'd say definitely like the 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 having a following 
Um, that is powerful, probably more powerful than just having a, having a cool car and, and being in really, really good shape, man, like being in really, really good shape. It's, it's like, if you are into, if you're, if you're into like getting girls or you're, you're into, you know, meeting women, um, and you don't have your body dialed in it, it, it's, it is, it, it, it's, it, that's the number one thing to do just because like, it's, it's the number one thing to do because it's like it, I mean, you, you're in great shape. You kind of understand it. It's like, if, if you're kind of out of shape and, and you don't have your fitness handled. And then when you finally get to that, when you get, when you get to that place, when, when things are about to happen and get physical, it's kind of like, it's way easier. Like they're just it, like, if you're in awesome shape, it's, it's like, they, they're already thinking about that. They're already in the, and things just happen way more effortlessly. Yeah, that's one of the things that does my head in. Cause I mean, I do a lot of coaching for guys and I mostly focus on high net worth individuals now, but I used to deal with a lot of younger guys too. And it's, and it's like, you know, they want to get the girls, they want to get the girlfriend, they want to get the intimacy and all that sort of thing. And it's like, you know, you look at them and you're like, okay, well, first thing you got to fix is your look, man. Like, you know, if, if, if somebody's sick, the first thing that you got to ask them, you know, to do is you got to give up the things that created the sickness, you know, to begin with. And in your twenties and even thirties to some degree, it's a lot easier to be in good shape. Like I'm, I'm closer to 50 now. Right. And in my twenties, like I could, I could, uh, smoke a joint, eat a bag of Doritos, go to the gym. And like, I was good. Like I was jacked. Like it didn't matter as long as I worked out a little bit, slept enough and putting calories, the quality of the calories didn't even matter. Now it's like today it's a lot harder to look good. Um, even like, even at my age, like I'm at, on uh, therapeutic uh, testosterone. So I want to talk about TRT and uh, uh, steroids with you um, also on the show because I know that you're natty. But um, it's it's not as easy as you think. But when you're younger, it's way easier, guys. So get your body sorted at a young age instead of trying to like reverse 20 or 30 years of, of bad choices in your 40s when you can do it now in your 20s. It's not hard to look good. Like it's, it, it really isn't. Like I did it as a teen just doing a bunch of push-ups and chin-ups and stupid things with my hands like charles atlas would say right and it actually worked right and you know now, what? i'd say push-ups and chin-ups are, are still underrated like they are really 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 effective it, okay so question for you if you had to pick one exercise that you could only do what would you pick you know to look good yeah that's a good question um one you know it's hard to limit yourself to one exercise but i would say I mean, if i could just do one exercise i'd say probably push-ups would be your best bet because mm. uh you know, you're, you're getting some strong core sta uh, stabilization in there and, uh, and you can pretty much do them anywhere. And, and it, you know, if you do it, so I would pretty much do, I'd probably do feet up on a bench, uh, pushups, but kind of going side to side. So it's harder. Cause then when you go to one side, you're not using as much of, of, of the other arm. Yeah. Or uh, if you grab like a basketball or a volleyball for one hand and yeah. the other hands on the ground. So it's so somewhat like unstable. It's another good way to do it too. hundred percent. I've noticed actually my chest looks like literally more developed when I'm actually doing a little bit of those pushups in my routine. It just mm -hmm. hits the chest really well. Um, I mean, my, like, you know, like I'm, I'm very big into doing incline presses, weighted chin ups, Bulgarian split squats. I really like the Bulgarian split squat. Like, so those like three that I would be like, always kind of like key in the routine. But if I just had to do one, I'd probably just like, just kind of be doing push-up variations or just, you know, feet elevated push-ups. Um, really, really, really good. I mean, some people say, oh, if I was gonna do one exercise, I'd just do deadlift, but it, it just, it's not gonna do much for your aesthetics. Just you don't need money to do push-ups too. I mean, I used to do, um, 
like with the Charles Atlas program, he used to talk about doing um, sets of 20. And I think at some point I read something along the lines of try to get up to a, like to like a cumulative top of 100 to 200. And I would do sets of like 25s. And I would do 25 on the ground, 25 with my feet up on my bed, and then 25 with my feet up on the dresser. So you'd hit like incline, you know, level and then decline as well with all the different levels. And if you do 25 push-ups, because um, you've got four, eight, so it's basically eight, eight sets, your chest is going to be like pumped. Like it's, it's, it's jack. Like it gets hard. Like you feel like it's, it's really pumped. Like it's awesome. It works really well. You, you know what? And, and on that note, I, I, I noticed that there's an advantage of doing bodyweight movements um, compared to lifting a barbell or dumbbells. When you're doing a push-up, right, your hands, your hands are fixed to the ground and your body is moving towards and away from your hands and your hands are fixed. And that pathway, it's actually easier to activate muscle um, with a closed chain movement versus your hands moving freely. It's actually harder to get, if you wanna, you know, if it, like the reality is, is that human beings, we cannot actually um, activate 100% of our, of our muscle. You know, the, the more you train, the stronger your nervous system gets, the higher percentage uh, of motor units you can fire, um, but it, it it's for most people, it's not even close to 100%. But by doing a closed chain movement, a push up, you can actually activate more of your chest than if you were to do, you know, dumbbells. And you see this with about this is exaggerated by beginners. If you give a beginner dumbbells, they're like trying to stabilize it, they have no idea what they're doing. Shaking everywhere. But, it, but it's easier to apply maximum force towards, you know, towards the ground when it's fixed than a free moving object. And so. Right. I, I definitely find like you can you can really you know really build muscle if you even if you throw like a weighted back and then you do push ups and you get blocks and you go nice and deep. So I mean you know sometimes we're like oh I can't get to the gym uh, you know oh uh, you know today's a write off. It's like the better thing to do is maybe today you can't go to the gym and the craziest schedule ever. Do four sets of 20, 25 push ups. That way you're still building positive momentum and you're still you know you're still uh, still pushing your body in the right direction. Yeah. I'm going to grab a couple of these super chats here before we continue, but just uh, acknowledge them. So, uh, uh, lawn care for you talk, that's actually a pretty smart way to market your business. Uh, thanks. He goes, although you're in Canada, I want to say happy Thanksgiving from the U S uh, to you, rich and everyone being grateful. Thanks. Thanks to you. Appreciate it. Uh, extra guac says, thank you to Kino body. I've done the Greek God program and I'm in better shape in my thirties and in my twenties, Kino octane and collagen rocks. If you want to see uh, testimonials of Greg's programs, go to his Instagram and, um, he's always dropping them on there. There's like the shit works. I've seen it. Um, I've probably sold a ton of, ton of programs for you. Cause like every guy that I talk to, first thing that I do is I'm like, get in shape. Well, I don't know how to do it. We'll buy Kino body's programs, right? I'm like, just go to Greg's site and you know what the funny thing is? The biggest piece of uh, resistance I get from a lot of guys, Greg, is they're like, "Oh, well, I'm not tall enough to get to get girls, right?" I'm like, "Well, how tall are you?" It's like, oh, "I'm five seven, five eight. I'm like, "You know, Greg's five eight, like 180 pounds. You know, something like that's or your five, height, weight, five, roughly, right?" Uh, five ten. Five. Okay, five ten and 180. Uh, 180, 180. 180. Yeah. So like, like you can throw on the muscle pretty easily. Like it, you just have to do the work. Uh, yeah, same whiskey yeah. says, uh, most people fear success more than they fear failure. You know, what? I, I, some, some of the best guys I know that get the hottest girls are not that tall. Yep. Like, like five, my or some, some of the guys, five, seven, five, eight. And I used to have this roommate in my late twenties that, um, was five, five. We used to call him pocket Hercules just cause he was jacked. He was like five, four. 
And uh, he's like, he used to slay. He, like he was a full on slayer. He definitely got more than I did. Wow. Uh, Eric says, yeah. as a man, uh, we're supposed to live uh, wealthy and fit. I agree with you guys. Do the work. Thank you, Rich, for bringing on the content. But you know what? If, if, you know, if a guy is shorter, he's five, seven, five, eight, there's going to be a portion of girls that are just going to like, kind of be like, oh, you know, I, I want a taller guy. But don't get caught up on those because there's going to be like beautiful women that do not care. I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr. He's probably five seven. Tom Cruise, mm -hmm. like these guys. I mean, obviously, they're movie stars and stuff. But trust me, if they weren't, they'd still be dating models. Yeah, and what most guys don't seem to understand or want to accept is all that needs to happen is she needs to be able to look up to you in heels. So if you're five six and you're with a chick that's like five foot tall and two or three inch heels, she's still going to be looking up to you. You know what though? I I I date like I date girls that are like five nine, five ten, and they wear heels. You know they're tall, but I don't even care. Well, you're Grego Gallagher. You know yeah. you can pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about girls a little bit. Holy smokes, yeah. we've been chopping it up for about fifty minutes. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the ladies. Um, where do we start? Um, what's your life like with uh, dating right now? Um. So. So right now, um, I've been, you know, I, I've, I've been single for a while. Um, and I, I've, I've been pretty like, you know, for me, I've been pretty casual. So I will, I will, uh, you know, it takes a lot to capture my attention. Now, right now I'm actually seeing someone, um, but it, but it takes a lot to capture my attention. So typically most of the year, most of the time I will go on dates with, with different women maybe have a you know a few girls going on and uh and then you know if if i'm not like crazy about a girl then it's probably gonna i'm probably just it's probably just gonna we're gonna hang out for maybe a few weeks a month and then it's just kind of gonna fizzle out i'm not i'm not the kind of person that kind of keeps a rotation going on for a long time just because i i kind of i'll get i'll get bored um and i actually like like even even like a few months ago i just i was like i was felt so happy i'm like you know what like i i cleared out the rotation starting from scratch and so you know i i i meet girls from from uh i'll meet girls from instagram and and uh going out and and uh is that and, where you source most from from instagram is it dating apps is it girls that you hire for modeling stuff um i dude i when i was like when i was like really building my business at 21, 22. Like I, I was Tinder, like Tinder was like, just was insane. Especially, I don't know, like it depends on like the, I mean, back then it really depended on the city. Cause that, that was when the Tinder was kind of beginning, but like in Toronto, Tinder was like, like nuts, like nuts, uh, uh, Toronto and LA. Now I don't really do as much of the online stuff. I, I definitely find like Instagram is better for finding like more like the type of, it's, it's more it's more targeted for towards my type mm -hmm. um but yeah pretty much instagram going out and uh and and that's pretty much it i don't really i think i've used hinge before um but nothing nothing that like used hinge a little bit i know you said that you watched a, a few of my videos uh last couple of days <laughs> Did you get across any of the content that sort of explain you know arousal and desire with women you know like the red pill sort of stuff um, I've seen some interviews. I don't think I got into, into, into that hundred percent. <laughs> Cause I mean, like what I'm actually known for is not, is not like doing these podcasts. I mean, the podcast is what I enjoy. Like the whole reason why I started the channel guys is cause I liked hanging out with entrepreneurs, you know, with fast cars and kind of mashing those ideas up and talking about cars and business sort of stuff. But I kind of fell into the, 
like women part of it. And, and people know me, you know, cause I'm red pill. I wrote a book called the unplugged alpha and it's sort of, you know how you like fix guys bodies yeah. I kind of fix their heads. Right. So guys that have a good body that have a messed up head that are watching Greg right now, and you're not doing well with women, just watch my shit and you know, it'll come to you or just read my book. But I'm just wondering how, how far through that you got, like, is there anything with women that have that that has you know surprised you or shocked you or, or violated like any kind of beliefs that you had? Because I mean, like as kids, were you know we're sold like a Disney esque sort of story. There's sugar and spice and all things nice and the prince and the princess. Like, have you seen? Yeah. I mean, you must have seen some stuff that's been like, wow, I didn't know women were capable of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. And I and I probably was very similar to you. Where growing up, I had this yeah Disney ideal and and women are freaking perfect and and amazing and then you kind of yeah then you then you you know then you kind of you, you get your reality checked in and uh what was and, your what was your frying pan of the forehead moment like your reality check sort of thing uh you know i i don't i don't know like if there was like necessarily one moment i'm sure there was like i'm sure i don't know probably like dating the dating the first girlfriend whatever and uh and then you know kind of then like you know, uh, first girlfriend and she kind of just, uh, you know, she's talking to some other guy and the things get a little messy. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very, you know, it's, you, you kind of, you, you pretty much realize that like, if you're a high value man, you know what you're doing, like women can get swept up and sleep with you like very, very easily, but then make, you know, Joe wait till like month number, like after a month or two. Mm -hmm. um, that's like a kind of like a, that's kind of a realization. So like a lot of guys when they're more inexperienced, they like, they get like obsessed over a girl and they're like, oh, like, you know, and then, and then they get caught up, but they don't, they, 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 they think she acts like that with everyone. They don't know how she'll act around like high value man that kind of knows what she, what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, did you ever have like a moment that sort of like red pilled you? Um, yeah, no, I did. I did. I, 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 I basically like, I basically, I think like I've, I've naturally been like, I've naturally like deep down been like such a nice guy and like, and a good guy. Like when I was young, when I was like, when I was young, even when I first got Tinder, I felt guilty talking to two girls at the same time. <laughs> literally, literally. That's how much I'm fucking Until you myself. figure out their phone is basically a box of dicks and they're talking to yeah. like three dozen guys. <laughs> No, I, I literally, I literally felt guilty. I was like, I'm, I, I was like, had this little connection with this girl, and like, we're gonna have hang out, and then some other girls messaged me. I'm like, I'm like, I feel bad. Like, I should, what, you know, should I, I tell I, her I'm talking to another girl? I, I know, but then all, all these girls are talking to like so many guys, and and I just remember whenever I just, whenever I just kind of cut myself off from all other women, and was like, okay, like this is the girl I'm talking to, like this is who I'm into. Mm. Um, things always kind of went went downhill from there. Yeah. Like I, I just know I just looked at the pattern. I'm like, hey, like if I if I kind of get obsessed with this girl and then I stop kind of I, I just put all my eggs in her bat in this basket before we've started even, you know, like in the beginning process, it, it always doesn't work out. I always found that like, you know, not anymore, but when I was younger, I was like, I was like, I was like, if I really, really like let's say there's like two like very, very beautiful, like I, I'm I'm there's some guys that just like, you know cute chick is whatever. And they just want to get loads of numbers. I don't care about that for me. It's like complete quality. Um, and so like, like some girls, like literally I'm just like, they light me up. I'm like, damn. So like, I, I remember like I had like two insanely, insanely beautiful, beautiful, uh, girls I was, I was chatting with and, and, um, 
And like one of them, I kind of wanted more at the time. I was like, I want her more. And then didn't work out. But then, then the one that was like insanely hot still, like that one worked out. So it's like you kind of you, you kind of helps to have like a few going on. And a lot of a lot of times the one you want the most is the one you, you'll you'll mess up, especially when you're learning. And then you'll but you'll get the second best. So you know, yes. get keep them all all. But but the moment I had that kind of probably uh, the kind of like uh, like woke me up was basically when I was like I I formed this connection with this uh, girl here in Toronto. We went on a couple dates, um, hooked up a little bit, and uh, I was in LA um, for work for a while. And like I just I. We just we we're FaceTiming so much, FaceTiming so so much, and uh, and then an eye on you. what was that? She's keeping an eye on you. That's why she's keeping an she's, eye on me. She's trying to anyway. But but she would nip like she, you know she would nip when I make certain comments when I'm just kind of being a man and making certain comments. Um, she would kind of nip that. Oh, you shouldn't say that. Or you shouldn't talk like that. She'd kind of be trying to demasculize me, mm-hmm. right? And I and I was a bit of a, like a pussy at the time. I was, it's kind of like, you know, that's what happens to some guys. I see them in the relationships and they get, they, they slowly get softer. They lose their edge. They get it's called, soft. um, it's called pussification by a thousand concessions. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's also why I've loved being single. Cause I fucking, you just feel like a fucking man. You fucking, you know, you do whatever, you know, it's like, it's, it feels good, you know? Um, but so she, I, I let, I let her get, you know, again, I think it's important if anyone's retracing their dating history, it's like, look, like, did she? No, I, I let myself kind of get pussified a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, like she, she was. Point was that she was back. She had there's a reading week, or she was back from university, and I literally flew flew back to Toronto to see her. Like, booked the flight, paid the money, boom, 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 and then like, and then you know, met went to like meet up with her. But like when I got to Toronto, she's being super distant. I went to meet up with her, and then like she literally like, and this is when we got very intimate emotionally. And then she told me like she uh, she uh, she told me like she like she was, she was being like really distant and like mean or whatever like bitchy and like and then she like she's like yeah sorry I'm like I got back together with my ex boyfriend and mm. and then but before that she she mentioned something about her ex boyfriend and I was like hey like is this an issue should I be worried here this ex boyfriend thing and she was like oh no 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 I'm not into him at all like we had a terrible thing like I'm not into it at all like yes come to like she was like telling me to come to Toronto. And then, uh, and then she fucking pulled that on me and I just, I just went home and I was like, I just felt crushed, man. Like I, I really, really wanted to see her. And then I was into her and I shared a lot with her. And then she literally just, she, she told me that. And, and man, this, this event, this hit me hard, like hit me hard. And I just remember like fucking being so pissed and like, even still, even though all that shit, I was like, fuck, I wanted to see her. Like I got so excited to see her. And then I went on my computer, I opened Evernote, I did some journaling and I just wrote. And then I just got to that point in like half an hour. And I was just like, I got to that point. I'm like, I was like, no, she lost her chance. That's it. Like she, she like that. It's, it's almost like a, I hit a switch where I'm still in pussy mode. And I was like, oh, I still want to see her. Like, damn. I, oh. And then I just hit that switch. And then the, the switch hit. And I'm just like, don't want anything to do with her. And guess what? Probably, I don't know if it's a week or two weeks later, send a text message. Hey, didn't respond. Mm. Hey, how are you? Didn't respond. Are you mad? Didn't respond. And then I got fucking essays, bro. I got fucking essays, essays, essays. I never responded. You know what? You know what women hate the most? Like the thing that motivates them the most when they misbehave is what's called a, it's either called a soft next or a hard next. And a soft next you usually do for a few days. Like you just ignore them. Women hate it when you take away attention. 
right? right. That's when they lose their mind and they start writing the essays. They, they, um, yeah, she never, she never got it again. Her, her, her. I was at a bar a year later, and her sister came up to me and slapped me in the face. Like, oh, <laughs> you my sister. I was like, what the hell? I literally, this girl literally made me fly to Toronto, then said, sorry, I'm back with my ex boyfriend. Yeah, and and I'm the asshole. So how old was she? Uh, she was like, I must have been 21. She's probably 19. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she's in the party years, man. She's flipping back and forth is what she's doing. She's flipping back and forth. But also, you know what? I made the mistake where I was entering her frame and I was kind of getting... Oh, you know spot. about frame. What? Oh, you know about frame. Dude, I, 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 I'm into the I'm into this stuff, man. Oh, I, you're I, good. I, you're good. But frame frame is like very powerful for you know really any any social context. It so. is, yeah, yeah. It applies to business transactions, uh, you know, deals, customers, women especially. Like you definitely want women in your frame. Like when she's telling you what to do, you know, for example, like when you're on, you know, the uh, FaceTime when you're in LA and she's like, oh, don't say this and don't do that. You're entering her frame, right? You know, Take versus time. like I don't care what you think, you know, sort of thing, which is her coming into your frame. Um, it's a really interesting dynamic, and when you. And I really wish I knew this stuff when I was younger. Like I didn't really get my head fully around it until I was in my forties. But guys that are learning this from me now, as a result of watching my channel or reading my book, like like they're really doing a lot better with women in their twenties and thirties, and they're not making the stupid mistakes that I did. And, and certain, I've noticed this: certain certain women, certain even beautiful women, uh, they will they will test guys. And one of the ways they'll test guys is they will try and take the frame from you constantly. Yes, like, should I'm, test. I've had this not too long ago where literally this this girl girl is like trying to hold the frame like no one else and you know in, in little ways and boss girl what was that one of these boss girls yeah she was like young and hot but like she was she was all like taking the the, the you know I'd say hey come here and like whatever she would be like mm. and then I, I I literally called her on it I was like I was like what you was like you have very very strong frame control yeah I, I literally told her. And she's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, look, like you, like, you know, usually when I when I'm out with women, they they try and be nice, like like effortless to hang out with. They're they're pleasant, they More go agreeable. slow, and like you you just like to kind of be a little combative and standoffish. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I literally called her on it and I just kind of just kind of just withdrew my attention and then mm -hmm. she changed immediately. Yeah, immediately. It's, it's amazing how that works. So these like like hashtag boss girls that you see out there, like I'm a boss bitch, boss girl, and all that sort of stuff. It's like, these women are the worst to deal with because they're going to try to run your life. They're going to want you to enter their frame. They're going to put you through the betatization through a thousand, you know, concessions process. Mm -hmm. And ultimately she's going to turn you from the, you know, she's going to be like, oh, look, I'm with Grego Gallagher and let's have Thanksgiving dinner with my family. Look how hot he is and blah, 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 and successful. And then she'll turn you into some beta bitch within like six to 12 months with all that, you know, constant beating you down with the concessions that you make over and over again. So it's one of these things that a lot of guys sleepwalk through in life, you know, when it comes to women and relationships, because they do what, you know, you and I were sold the bill of lies on, which is, well, just be a nice guy, you know, and everything will work out. And, you know, she'll be in your frame and she'll compliment your life and she won't ever, you know, hurt your feelings or go back to the other guy, you know, when you think that you're flying back to Toronto to be with her sort of thing. It's, it's really, really interesting when you dive down at all. And, and you know what? And that's probably one of the big, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if someone off the bat is just kind of their their operating system is very, very difficult, then that's probably not the girl that uh, you should date. Like, I agree fully. Um, but, it, you know, it, it is really fascinating how, you know, how a lot of a lot. I think the biggest mistake that I, I think I see men make and that I've seen myself fall into before 
is is you know trying to you know like the only way to like influence behavior uh, in a positive way is basically just with your attention you know and so and and so like that's kind of the the big connection that i've made like sometimes girls will kind of they'll be shit testing they'll be taking the frame they'll be doing this they'll be and, and then they'll just try and like they'll, they'll they'll try and chase 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 and like that's not the it's not the move to do that you just gotta you just gotta withdraw there's only you know it's it's yeah. uh it's 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 probably the most it's very powerful very powerful are you familiar with the concept of hypergamy um to a limited degree not not extensively but oh. All it really means is that a woman's got to be able to look up to you and, and see that you're the best guy that she can possibly get with. Right. So right. women date across and up on the socioeconomic scale. It's why, you know, you're not dating um, women that are equivalent to you or higher. You're dating women that are on the socioeconomic scale, either at your level or below. Right. Um, and guys look at women as beauty objects. Women look at guys as success objects. So. Um, what it is essentially that they're trying to do is throw a, a competency test at you, which is also known as a shit test to see if you're the best guy that they can get. Like, you know, is, like, is this guy somebody that's going to say no to me? Right. Like they want to hear no. They're never going to tell you, you know, tell me no, but they actually want to hear you. No, they want to like get ghosted from time to time if they misbehave so that they can get put back in check. They'll never tell you this. And, you know, women watching this right now, or they'll say, Hey, Greg, you know, I saw that interview with Rich and he's lying. He's full of shit, but you use it and you see it work. Don't worry about it. Just watch how they respond to it is all I tell guys, right? Oh, this, yeah, no, abs, abs, fact. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And, and it's, it, it is true. Like if you, if you look back historically at times when you've put a girl on the pedestal and just been available and, and you treat her out, like a celebrity, she's going to treat you like a fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, even if you're, even if you're fucking Brad Pitt doing that, you can, even these, you know, even these, these like dot like even these some of these huge celebrities that they have they have girl like they they're 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 getting simpy for girls, oh, that's not not for for some one person at least, yeah. Um, yeah. I want to talk about um, a little bit more back to the business and the self care stuff. Um, so right now your business is is more or less tied into programs, clothing, and nutritional supplements. And I think I'm wearing one of your shirts. Is that is that how, by the way, you DM me on Instagram? Because I normally don't get DMs from guys with blue check marks. Yeah. So actually, I remember a good friend of mine, um, a good business friend of mine, he actually mentioned, he mentioned you, uh, I don't know if it was a year or two years ago. He mentioned, he was like, oh, this, this guy, entrepreneur, entrepreneur in cars, like, he's like really got really fucking sick content. Um, and I remember, like, I so I remember hearing you, about you back then, and then, uh, and then just recently, I don't know, I don't know what I was watching on YouTube. I think I just, I think I, I think I came into some one of your content pieces. I think some some Will Smith thing. Will Smith, uh, I saw a video on, and I was watching this video. I'm like, I'm like, and it, like, it's a white Henley shirt, right? It's a white Henley shirt. It's not like this crazy design that I can recognize. But I'm like, I'm, I'm like, that looks like a Kino clothing shirt. I could, yeah, I can feel. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's hit this guy up with a, a message. I'm like, hey, you know. Yeah, well, I, you know, I pick them up because I'm always looking for clothes that fit nice and are comfortable. And, you know, because I follow you on social, I'm like, you know, that stuff looks like it fits properly. So I placed an order about a, I don't know, a year ago, and I got some some shirts and some some of the joggers and stuff. And, you know, they work out really well. Like, it's, it's great clothing. It's high quality. I'm not getting paid to say this, guys, or anything like this. I don't have an affiliate link. Just go to Kino Body and buy the clothing. Like, it, it's just nice stuff. 
Um, I appreciate it. We have our Black Friday sale on right now. So yeah, go. Yeah. Buy it because it's really nice stuff and it fits properly, especially if you have a good physique. And you don't have to spend a lot of money on clothes. Like one of the great lies out there is, you know, with a lot of style gurus and yes, if you don't have a nice body and you don't have, you know, this, that and the other thing, style can move the bar for you. But you can put, I don't know, what do these cost? 40, 50 bucks? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like you can put a $40 you know, piece of clothing on somebody that's got a good physique and you can look better than a guy that spent $1,000 on a tailored uh, you know, shirt and pants or a jacket or something like that. Um, it really helps. So can you talk a little bit about the supplement line, the clothing and the nutritional line and, and those businesses? Yes. So the business began with programs. Actually, when I was 20 years old, I had people, I was doing affiliate for this other workout. People like, dude, I've seen your free workouts. They're working better than this program you're promoting. You should make your own program. And so I started uh, creating fitness programs um, first. And, you know, we did, you know, Greek Guide. Uh, now our flagship program is Movie Star Body. And they're basically like six-month programs, nutrition and training to create a transformation, to create a certain physique um, with the fasting, the lifting, the different phases. Um, and so that's always, that's been like the, the core business model. Um, and then, you know, and then a few years ago, I had the opportunity to start and build my own supplements. And, and really the, the mindset there was that there wasn't really a pre-workout that I wanted to take. Most of the pre-workouts, you know, I couldn't sleep. Are you known mostly for the pre-workout for the Kino Octane? Yeah. 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 That was kind of the first supplement that we created was, was actually the pre-workout. I had the ability to create exactly what I wanted as a pre-workout mm. and, and we created it and it has like the L-theanine. So you feel very calm and focused and it's just like an awesome pre-workout. And then, and then kind of the next kind of supplement I got really into was uh, doing like a, a collagen protein, uh, which is great for your skin. Um, and then, so we did the collagen protein, then we made a little muscle building formula and it's just a few key supplements that you take on my training um, to kind of in, to improve results. And if nothing else, just taking the, the octane and collagen, you got more energy, better workouts, faster recovery, and you, you get the benefits of adding collagen to your diet. So it's two key supplements and that's been growing a lot. We have thousands of people on our monthly subscription program there. Um, and, and then really the clothing line. And, and it's, again, this all ties into like kind of building the life, you building the body and then building the life of your dreams. The clothing line is it's it's really kind of creating that the goal is to really create that Hollywood effect. You know, so Rich, you know, you've you've leaned down, you've got your body fat down, you put on some strength and muscle. Guess what? You know, you go to Target, you buy clothes, and you walk around the street and no one people can kind of notice, but you're not really turning heads. Oh. It's, 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 so it's like it's like if you build if you're building the body off the shelf clothing sucks, it never fits properly. Never, never. You, you can't and then you you hide your proportions and it, and so in men, the strongest sign of physical attraction is going to be that shoulder to waist ratio. That's even, even the shorter guys. That's more important. Yeah. Sorry. I wrote about that in my book. I was talking about yeah. the golden ratio. It's 1.62 shoulder to waist. Exactly. And it's even yeah. it's even more powerful than your height. So for guys that are not yes. six foot one. They've done studies on this, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so like the shoulder to waist ratio is the strongest sign of, of uh, physical attraction. So. You built the shoulder waist ratio, but now you're wearing clothing that's built for someone that is kind of built more like a rectangle, and and like you don't really, yeah. yeah, you don't really capture that. And so the clothing line is really to kind of create that Hollywood effect where okay, you're in great shape. Now we're wearing tailored clothing that can actually capture that proportion. And now you walk down the street and you're getting compliments, and people are looking at you because you're actually it's contoured to your physique, 
And then, you know, when you throw on a pair of jeans, boots, leather jacket, Kino Top, Kino Henley, it's like now you look like a movie star. And it doesn't, you know, and it's fashion for men is it fashion for men if you're in really good shape is so simple. Mm-hmm. Just a cool, cool Kino shirt, some jeans, go, you know, get a get a you know nice jacket, you know, wherever, and you just you look good all the time. And I actually I actually recommend simplifying, like go to your wardrobe, throw everything out. Throw everything that you don't love that isn't like really versatile out and start from scratch. And then, you know, you have your you have your jeans, whatever you have, your your Henleys, your your, your tops, your, your button down shirts and just keep it simple. So every day you don't have to think about what you're going to wear. Like, boom, OK, Monday through Friday, I'm just going to throw on, you know, white Henley or, or black Henley or, or a pocket yeah. shirt and my my pants. And then on, you know, it, and then it just that you sh- men should not be going into the wardrobe, putting something on, looking in the mirror, mm, going back and then doing that for 30 minutes. Mm. That is the opposite of what you should be doing. It takes too much time. Yeah. It's a good waste of time. What is, um, how did you come up with the name Kino Body? Like, what does that mean? So I actually, you know, I actually was very, I was actually very interested in the, you know, I, I was very fascinated or curious about the pickup industry um, mm. when I was, when I was a teenager. Who did you follow? Uh, who did I follow? Like uh, or... I, I honestly, I found mystery really, really, really compelling. Mm-hmm. Just his, the way he talked and held attention and his little gambits, I found it very interesting. Um, obviously, you know, for anyone like anyone that listen, that's listening, like you got to be able to like take everything with a grain of salt uh, mm-hmm. and not be, you know. But but I, I found him like pretty compelling. Um, I think there's some other there's some other people that I that I uh, followed. I know I, I watched some RS, RSD stuff, but um, but uh, you know, and I read the book The Game. And so, the, but but so long story short, um, I was you know I found that stuff kind of fascinating, um, and some of that stuff was helpful. Some of that stuff you know you know was uh, was uh, was not like it's kind of kind of learning taking a few little pieces, but. Um, but I, no, I, I honestly, I think I think the mystery was was really really cool, and, and the you know and and he was he was he was actually like this six foot five, six foot six magician wearing funky glasses going. Uh, he's he's kind of a crazy individual, but but anyways, um, one of the key terms was kino kino escalation, right? Oh, okay, like as an escalation, okay. Yeah, so like physical touch between a man and woman, and it's like mm-hmm. look, like if. You could have you could have the best conversation in the world, be the coolest guy in the world talking to a girl, but if there is no sense of physical touch, then the things are not moving into into. So Kino isn't you know touching the body because it looks hot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like it's like Kino body. It's like a body that fucking looks fucking girl, girl so good. Like women can't keep their hands off. Women keep keep the hands off you. It's like it's natural Kino. Like it's like when you when you when you you know when you, you, Do you get know, that a lot from women and you know when you're talking to them like they just kind of like. Like I used to have women just like grab my chest and I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, I can't do that to you. I, I, uh, I get like, a, I, I get a, like, a, I get that a little bit. Um, but also like, you know, like I, I, like when I was in my twenties and I was, you know, it was like randoms, like women that I used to work with and stuff. It was so weird. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. It's I, like, you know, now, now we got this me too culture, right? You yeah. know, back in the day when I used to work in the corporate world, you know, before I had my own businesses, like they would do that. Wow. Well, that was, but that was back in the day. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they still do that stuff and they, they get away with it. Um, it's, it's, it's that double standard, but you know, I, 
I definitely like that Ryan Gauz crazy but love movie. Like I've had that moment so many times when you know you take your shirt off and the girl's just like, dude, you look photoshopped. Like yeah. what? Like, um, but again, like I, I think like having having the body dialed in and being in really, really good shape, it just it makes it so much easier for the girl to to like hook up. It's like it's like they they it just it's it's it it helps so much. Um, but but um, but so yeah, that was the that was where Kino came from. That was kind of where it came from. And also like there was some really cool, like a lot of like German Kino translates to movie. So movie body, movie star body. Okay. A lot of cool like little uh, connections with, with Kino there. Um, but but really it was like, really it was it was like the time I started Kino body, right? What was the fitness landscape was very interesting. It was, there was, you know, people that wanted to just simply lose weight, but losing weight was kind of just not, it was, it was kind of for like, average people just losing weight, not really building a great body. There was uh, athlete training, which is, you know, super cool, but like that's more tailored if you're a football player or whatever, mm -hmm. basketball player. And then there was like simply like just getting big, just bodybuilding and getting big. And so what was the problem with that was that no fitness approach spoke to me. I was like, man, like I was like, I was like just bodybuilding, eating 4,000 calories and getting up to 200 pounds or whatever of, of fluff and puff is not that's not the look that's not what's gonna that's not what i personally want nor is that what like girls are gonna be like jumping don't like that they like the swimmer's body exactly and then yeah. and then you know and so there was nothing spoke to me i'm like you know what? Let, let me carve out a fitness philosophy where i'm gonna build the body of a movie star i'm gonna get really really strong and you see this with people in my programs they get really 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 strong where they're doing 100 pound pull-ups and they're incline pressing hundred plus pound dumbbells. Yeah. Um, it works. I mean, I've seen a lot of the footage, like the video footage that you put out and it's like, you can't fake that. And some guys might argue, Oh, well he's on gear. He's on juice. No, no. If you, if you lift properly and you feed your body right and you train properly, like you can actually be stronger off gear than what you are on gear. Like I can tell you right now, like on testosterone therapy at my age, I can't lift like the same amount of weight that Greg can right now. Natty. But when I was his age, Natty, I definitely could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's some research that, like, basically, your your your, your relative strength, how strong you are, uh, relative to your body weight, is is um, going on gear. It's not going to help that much um, for relative strength. I think uh, Greg Knuckles of Strength Theory, he had a, some cool content on that. And and again, like you know, I I try. And, I'm, I'm all about proof. So I. Obviously, showing my testosterone levels, that can be faked and whatever, but I've shown my testosterone levels four or five times in the full blood panel of LH, FSH. And so it's, it's you know, the numbers are very, they're are always consistent within 10% or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done my DEXA scans and and I, I always tell, I tell my haters, hey, if you want to bring your girl over and fucking check out my package, it's fucking big fucking balls, okay? There's no shrinkage. <laughs> so, so. So you, you can do that if, if you know. Would you would you ever go on uh, TRT when you get older? You, I've I've actually opened the conversation with uh, with uh, some you know fitness guys that are like in their forties about this. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I have my testosterone levels checked. Um, what do you do? Like time. check them once a year, or uh, I'd say every few years. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got them checked when I was like 23, 25. And I got them checked recently. Um, but when I got them checked recently, I was literally just, I was recovering from being sick. And so I don't know if they were, 
but like the, the recent test was around 600 605 mm -hmm. um but my Did i know you my, get the jab recently around the same time that you uh, tested it um not the same time no okay like even like close like within a few months no okay all right no, i was just curious because a buddy of mine's been telling me that you know he's been tracking some some of his uh clients that have gotten the jab and if the blood labs are coming back close to the time of the jab they're noticing like a steep decline in the testosterone levels from it come on yeah wow does it did, did he say that it bounced back or no um you know what i'll ask him for you yeah i didn't yeah. go too far down the uh, conversation but i mean i would imagine your body should be able to recover yeah 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 for sure um but but so my levels are around 600 and so you know i i've also hit that point right now where i will say i'm 30 years old i've been training literally lifting weights since i was 13. my strength probably peaked around 28 29. like i've been training for a long time mm -hmm. um and if i'm gonna stay around 180 178 like i've pretty much lifted as heavy as i'll ever lift in my life mm -hmm. um now if i obviously if i was on gear um i could probably you know i could probably get stronger and build upon that but at 30 years old um i've definitely Notice you probably that. won't, you know, to be honest with you, you really don't get that much stronger when you're right. on uh, testosterone. Like you'd have to get it. Like I've never used Tren or any of the other crazy shit. Um, I mean, you'd have to get into that to really get like the heavy strength. But what I've seen you lift, that's, that's anything more than that. You're going to start stressing your joints. You're going to run into back issues, knee issues, shoulder issues. Yeah. You know what? I, 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 no, I agree. I've, I've, you know, I've, 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 you know, I've rep 315 for six, seven reps and it's like, okay, you know, we're good. Like yeah. we're, we're good. So like right now it's, it's, uh, but, um, but the TRT thing, yeah. Like, so my, my kind of thesis or my lens that I view kind of fitness on is really all about, um, optimizing for health and longevity. And obviously like, you know, you want to function at a high level. So, uh, the mistake I see a lot of men make is they're in their twenties taking gear um and they're kind of shutting down their hormonal levels and they're uh, they a lot of guys that ask me about taking testosterone in their 20s because they get their levels checked and they know that i talk about trt and i have a chapter in my book about managing your endocrine system as well and i talk about trt and as well and i tell them all the same thing do it naturally like you don't need to touch testosterone until your body needs it it's probably not you may not never need it but i mean like the time for that is probably 40s for you right for most guys anyway yeah, you know, I have um everybody yeah. wants a shortcut, right? Like, you know, let's flip a switch yeah. and lose 20 pounds, you know, put a cream under your eye and wipe away, you know, 10 years of aging. Like everybody wants the shortcuts to life, right? Yeah. And so and I, I have nothing against TRT if someone is in there is at that age and 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 they do it correctly and they bring their levels to like a you know and under the guidance of a doctor too, I would add as well. Yeah, with a doctor, and then it's like, you know what? That 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 very well, like I mean, I mean a lot of CEOs, you know, you hear about them, they're 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 right. kind of I mean, getting that extra extra kick. Well, look at Jeff Bezos. He looks like a freaking cyborg in his sixties, right? He looks great. Yeah, yeah, but so I mean, for me, it's like if like don't do something that's gonna age you faster. You're gonna take too much. You're gonna shut down your hormonal levels. It's gonna mess with your your. It's gonna mess with your sexual function sex, too. Sexual function. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think you know, I think Jordan uh, Jordan Belfort openly talks about TRT and mm -hmm. they've been on it for ten or something years. What were your levels like before you went on TRT? They were, they were mid upper, yeah. but 
I didn't have um, like the same level of um, optimization that I had years before. Like I was around 43 or so, maybe 44, I think. And, and I just remember going to the gym and it's like, I'd be there for 10, 15 minutes and I'd feel like so unmotivated. I would like, I do like a bullshit workout. Like I'm, I'm here now, so I'm just going to do calves, right? Just to say that I did something mm-hmm. and I didn't have good productivity levels and focus. Uh, wasn't waking up with morning wood, like, you know, like the standard, like low T symptoms that start right. to happen. And I wasn't low per se on the government tables, but the government tables, like it's like when like a kid can't dunk the basketball, then they just lower the net. That's what yep. the government's been doing, you know, with the tables. So testosterone levels have actually precipitously declined over the last 50 years. There's a really good book, actually. I think that if you haven't read it, you should check it out. The guy's name is Dr. Anthony J, and it's called Estrogeneration. And he talks about all the environmental estrogens out there that are lowering, you know, testosterone levels and how it affects you and all that sort of stuff. I, I literally just found out that there's there's phthalates or however you pronounce that word in Chipotle. Phthalates, yeah. Phthalates, phthalates, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plastic containing chemicals that. Yeah, know. there's uh, phthalates in plastic. There's atrazine, which. Uh, I mean, that's a whole label. I mean, come on, they couldn't just make that like. Dude, dude, the tap water has estrogen in it because women are on birth control pills and they're peeing in the toilets. It goes into the water yeah. treatment plants. They can't like they can filter out particles, but they can't filter out hormones. So if you're drinking tap water out of a fountain, out of like your uh, faucet, like if you boil pasta, you know, with tap water, that's got female estrogen in it right what do you do for for water i have a well i um i drink a lot of this which is a uh spring water um this is actually a canadian company it's called flow but they have alkaline water and it's got collagen in it too um, oh yeah I you also know have it. Hmm? and I, one of my friends is one of the uh one of the investors in flow like, yeah it tastes really good um so i so i have like cases of that you know delivered every month but i also have a, a five stage uh, filtration system it's a uh, reverse osmosis and that gets out the uh estrogens out of the water yeah, um, i just drink sparkling water in a glass bottle yeah it. guys make funny you know they call you like the sam pellegrino water guy like i put yeah. it out on twitter and somebody came at me with like oh you're talking to the water meme guy and i'm like i'd rather talk to the jack meme guy than some dork that's like trying to sell some pickup artist class that doesn't know anything yeah no i mean yeah those guys yeah those guys are them yeah you know and that's one of the things i kind of realized is that as i got a bit older i kind of kind of saw through all the all the pickup artist guys and kind of realized that like most of them are frauds like I was like, Most of them like, don't have a le- leg to stand on, and they weren't wow. anything before they figured out how to upload on YouTube and go live and make up some shit about how to get girls. And they yeah. don't live it in the real life, you know, for the most part. Yeah, I don't think I don't. I'd be surprised if one of those guys' dating life is as good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can I can pretty much assure you. I mean, I, you know, mine's mine's great, and I got a great chick in my life. But um, yeah, you know, for the most part, most of the guys in their, um, you know, out there holding out to the public. Anyway, um, but, so. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So I was going to say on, on the TRT thing, it's like, yeah, that's yeah. also like, dude, like I, I freaking like, I love having a high sex drive. Like I'm really into a girl. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm having sex three times a day. I'm, oh, yeah. I am, I love waking up and like, and, and feeling that sex drive. So when you're it, going eight times in your forties, you're going to be like, Oh yeah, this shit's worth it. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's my, you know, I'm feeling great now. I've, I've had to kind of accept that. Okay. You know what? Let's maintain my strength around here and just be lean and focus on my business. I don't need to like try and bench 400 pounds. Um, but, but it, you know, if, if I, if that, that's something, I'll, that's something where if I'm like, you know, if I'm 36 or, or, or 45 or 48 and you know, I'm dating a young, hot girl and I got to fucking get my shit going. I got to up my, up my game. Then that's something I'll consider, but I'm, I'm a very transparent person and I have integrity. And so if I do anything like that, like best believe, like, yeah, I, I will, I will say that on a podcast. I'm always open about it. Yeah. You know, open, you know, and I respect that. What I don't respect is 
people that are taking shit and like lying about it. A lot of the fitness influencers influencers do, I think. Actually, you had a bout with some with some uh, dork down in uh, I don't know the U.S. somewhere, Skywalker or something like that, yeah. and you use his name as a coupon. Tell that story. That was fucking hilarious, man. I laughed my ass off when you did that. Yeah. So, so the story was is at the time I was doing lots and lots of paid advertisements on Instagram and it was me shirtless. Hey, if you want to build a body, like look, you want to get lean and muscular, swipe up, whatever. And then, um, this guy who had a bigger following than me at the time, he was ripping me up. He's like, he's going, he's doing stories and be like, look at this fucking loser, skinny bitch, like whatever, uh, uh, like selling cookie cutter programs, boom, boom, boom. Um, and talking shit. And I ignored it. And then not too long later, you know, I had a few margaritas with, I was with a, a girlfriend of mine, I had a few margaritas and the shit popped off again. Okay. The shit popped off again. And you know, when you have a couple drinks and you kind of, you know, you, yeah, that's you, when the you, filters turn off a little bit and you kind of say what you're actually thinking, the filters turn out. And so yeah. I was like, you know what? Like, let's have fun here. And I was like, what is that? 27 at the time. And the, the, the funniest part was like the, the a couple, just a couple months ago, or no, it was it was just a matter of months ago. I I was in LA. This girl DM me. She was actually pretty hot, um, and and uh, and we started hanging out that week while I was there. And she she was like telling me something. She was like she was like bring up her ex boyfriend. She's like oh that gave this ex boyfriend whatever. And like I was like I was like cool, but like she was bringing it up, and I was like so then like I was like hey who is this guy whatever. Um, and like she was saying like he was a little like psycho um uh, i was like hey who is this guy whatever and uh she's like oh i don't want to tell you i'm like okay like by the way trend trend tends to have that effect on your mind eh yeah it makes yeah yeah that guy it, looked like he was on something like that because he was big yeah. and he was lean as hell yeah and he yeah he, his probably emotions were were off yeah. um but so anyways she she kind of told me it was him and i was like oh i was like i was like oh interesting i was like yeah. i was like guy, like guy hates on me and so anyways so then fast forward when he when he's talking, well, he smashed his girl, right? Yeah. So I, I yeah, smashed his girl like four or five times. Um, uh, but you know what? She was actually very very nice, pleasant, chill, chill girl. So nothing to say. But uh, she was actually very sweet. Um, but so long story short, he's talking he's talking shit about me. And I'm just like fuck it. Like I had a few marks. Let's fucking do it. And I just I just started a little Instagram. I put up a little Insta story. I was like some like steroid bodybuilder hater. Uh, it, it, it shit talk me right now. Prob pissed that I banged this girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then he uses his name for a coupon code, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so the best part was the best part was that I that's never, how you monetize your haters, guys. The, the best part was is that I never, okay, I didn't say his name at all. I didn't say his name, and and like I, I barely said his. I didn't tag him. I just said that. Then I get some, and, and so my my. Hey, my followers are the ones telling me, hey, this guy's talking shit. This guy's talking shit. I was like, you know what? For the Kino Warriors, we're going to fucking end this. And so so we're going back and forth. And he's just like, uh, he's just like, oh, dude, like, no fucking, like, bullshit. Like, like no way. My girlfriend would be into you, this and that. Like, oh, you're a loser, skinny bitch, whatever. And so I'm like, dude, I'm a, I'm a fucking man of my word. And I show fucking proof. And so I go back into my Instagram history, story history. And there's fucking, there's little, there little stories of me walking with her of, of her getting to my lambo because i was filming a little shoot day and so i'm putting in the, i'm sprinkling in the little proofs okay sprinkling in the, little, the, the the proofs 
and my followers are just freaking dying. I do this little, it's, it's still on my Instagram stories, this John, whatever, John Scott. I do this little Instagram uh, story about, I was like, man, I was like, I was like, John, don't worry. Okay. You know what? It's tough, it's a tough situation. It happened, but here's the deal. We're going to get you, we're going to, you know, we're going to get you off the fucking trend. Okay. We're going to get you on my Greek God program. We're going to get you, you're, you're smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. That's fucking gross. Get rid of that shit. We're going to get you on Kino Octane. So I'm going to do this for you today. I'm going to give you a 50% coupon code. All you have to do, so simple. This is the first time I even like really reference his name. Like all you have to do is put in your name, okay? John Skywalker, you get 50% off. And anyone else, if you guys want to use this, use the, you know, you know, use the code too. And the code started ripping. And because literally, because like people love drama. So because like my story yeah. views tripled we just tripled because i was getting so much attention he kept tagging me shit talking me his followers were coming over and then they they started to like and so during this whole thing i'm fucking i'm i'm i'm, I'm fucking i'm creating my new friend i'm he he has he has his followers now they're entering my friend because guess what they're on my instagram they're watching my insta story i'm showing transformations i'm showing before and afters i'm like i'm like john where are your before and afters i have the best in the industry look at these testimonials Look at this. And so his followers come over to hate on me, hate on me. And they're getting fucking, they're getting, they're getting into my shit. And then they, like, how much did you sell with that coupon code? So it's like, I think very fast. We did 10 K and then 20 K. And then within 24 hours, we did $130,000 us. So you made $130,000 off this idiot. Cause he was making fun of you. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. That's awesome. We, yeah. We banged his girl. You banged his girl and you made 130 grand. 130k cash, and he probably gave me some fucking new customers. You got a bunch of followers and a you know bigger audience, right? The point is, is that point is, what's the moral of the story? Is don't be a hater, okay? Don't doesn't it doesn't pay to be a hater? I I had no interest in starting in starting shit or talking shit, um, but you know in that in that case, you know that person he had it coming. Yeah. How much more time do you got for me? I got. I'm I'm chill, bro. I'm chill. I'm all know. right. Um, I won't take up more than two hours of your time because we're at the 90 minute mark. So let's do another 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, man, what else can we cover? I like this conversation. This is a good one. Um, what is it that, okay, so let me ask you this question. Um, if you could have a dinner with any historical individual, um, less a family member, you know, like your dad or grandfather or something like that. Mm -hmm. If you could have a scheduled dinner with any historical person, who would you have dinner with? You know what? The person that's coming to mind right now is, is Bruce Lee. You know, uh, it's not like, like, like a historical figure, obviously, but I guess he's a, he's a, he, he's, he's no uh, longer alive, you know, like no longer alive, actually. he's no longer alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Historical figure, um, you know, actually hard for me to say, but like, I just remember being very, very fascinated uh, with Bruce Lee as a teenager. And you think that Bruce Lee would be impressed with your physique? Uh, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what? I, I think he'd be. Uh, I think he'd be impressed. I think he he cared a lot about like, like real strength, like strength with body weight, mm -hmm. um, one arm chin ups, one arm push ups, and and being very Those very are incredibly hard to do, dude. Like I saw you yeah. doing one arm chin ups. Like I was still going to the gym before the uh, COVID lockdown. I'm like, fuck, if that Greg guy can do it, I'm gonna try it. And I like I've like I tried it for a good year. Like I literally tried it on one of those assisted you know machines where you put the plates on to help you. Yeah. And, you know, I figured, okay, well, if I just, you know, drop a plate like every week or two, then I'll get down to just body weight and just my arm. The only way that I could get close if I held my forearm like this, and that's how guys cheat, right? Like I've seen guys do it like this. Yeah. It's very hard to do a one arm chin up. It, 
you know what that that machine won't help you get there i it it didn't it didn't yeah the i'm probably too old for that shit like i have a lot like i'm 210 pounds like yeah i need a lot of power to lift that weight yeah if you're 210 it's it's gonna it's gonna be an uphill battle i don't do them often because it is a joint like golfer's elbow nightmare um but the clearest path and i've had people in my program achieve it especially my the body weight track of movie star but like the clearest path is get to the point where you're doing weighted chin-ups with 75 percent of your body weight mm-hmm. for you know three four reps so if you're 200 pounds that's like 150 weighted for a triple for three mm-hmm. and at that point you pretty much have the strength to do it and then all you have to do is really spend one to two months working on uh one arm chin-ups but you put a towel around the around the bar and you hold it you hold the towel here and you mm-hmm. kind of just do one arm chin-ups and you just do two sets of two and you just, you try and use as little of the towel as possible it's not about doing sets of six or eight just do two and hold it and here and if you do that for a month or two when you already have that pulling strength um you will hit it have but, you seen anybody my age or older hit it like you know the one arm chin-up no on it and, and you know what honestly it's 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 one of those things where it's like it's it's like you're probably better off just getting strong on the weighted chin-ups maybe doing some towel stuff and then if you want to go for one of chin-up once but if you try if you're trying to do weekly like one arm chin-ups you're you're gonna tear your elbows apart yeah okay. um it's, it's 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 so much stress on the elbow it's so much um but it but again the point of the one arm chin-up is basically it's like the most insane display of strength to body weight the ability yes. to lift your body up with one arm is just like peak, peak strength. I, you know what, dude, like I tell guys all the time, you know, when it comes to physical strength, I'm like, if you can get to the point where you can do 10 chin-ups, 30 push-ups, and skip rope for like two minutes straight, you're basically in the top 5% of guys, you know, when it comes to physical capability. Because a lot of guys can't even do like a couple of chin-ups. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Those are solid, solid, uh, solid metrics even even yeah 10 yeah 10 10 pull-ups 10 12 pull-ups is 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 a solid level of fitness and and i like to program more the the feet elevated you can do like 20 30 push-ups with your feet up because mm-hmm. it really builds more of that upper chest, upper chest yeah. a bit more awesome mm-hmm. um talk about fighting because i mean you've got this um you got this thing in your backyard a, a bob i think they're i don't know if they're coined bob by the manufacturer if it's just because you you called him Bob. Like how did, like how did it come around that way? Because now it's known everywhere as Bob, from what I've seen. Like people just call it Bob now. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I think I think like I when I was a kid, I think that yeah, so someone I had, I had it. And, so I can show you guys what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I think it's Coin Bob, but I don't know. I maybe that was sort of like a little known thing, and because I've been calling it Bob, now it's Bob everywhere. Bob. I mean, you just beat the shit out of this thing. Is it called a Bob? Um, here, let me yeah, share I think it, it is Century Bob body opponent. Is that so, what they're called? We'll say I think one of the brand. I don't even. Maybe that brand changed the name to Bob. I'm not sure that the history. You got two of them. Why did one of them break? Or, um, sorry, you got two of them. Did one of them break on you or something? You no, know I've I've had some of them. Kind of the screws get degraded over time, but um, I actually was like, you know what, this this Bob thing is is catching on. I I what if what if I punch two Bobs at the same time? It's probably gonna yeah. probably gonna catch on more how but are they, how are they different from heavy bags uh so the different i've had a heavy bag and i've trained on a heavy bag um i had 
a friend of mine, mentor of mine, you know, I think when I was 22, 23, uh, he told me, he was like, dude, like get a Bob. And I was like, really like this Bob thing. I'm like, those are those things. those like karate, like bullshit dojos. And he's like, no, he's like, literally it is one of the best things to train on, uh, punching the Bob. It will, it will do more for you in a, in a real fight, like with your hands than anything else than the focus mitts than the, the heavy bag. And I, I have noticed that like, if you, if you're punching the Bob, you know, five, five, 10 minutes, a few days a week, like at, at first you're hitting it and it, and, and you, and even like if you've done boxing training, you've hit the heavy bag and stuff, you hit it, like it, it, you still are fine tuning things. Um, and like a heavy bag's right here. You kind of like whether you hit it here, 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 it doesn't make too much of a difference. Whereas like when you're hitting the ball, here's his head, his chin's right here. And so your, your accuracy has to be kind of more laser focused. And if you're kind of moving around, jumping, hitting him, his head's moving back. And you is have it, to is it molded to have like the same level of like, impact is what you would with like somebody's chin like the skull and the meat and all that sort of thing or is it just kind of floppy if you fucking if 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 the temperature is is like cold and you bring them outside it 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 feels like hitting hitting hard rubber it feels like hitting like a feel yeah it it, if when it when it's cold and it's hard it's like it's pretty unforgiving but i'd say normally like in the summer whatever it's warm out it Mm -hmm. is it is uh it, it does have a nice little give so it's not as hard as hitting as hitting uh hitting someone but um but even you know even like if you if you punch someone and, and you land correctly um it doesn't hurt the hand that much like you hear about guys breaking their hands but like if you hit the right angle the right time and and you know it how, how did you get into boxing like why did you decide to take that up yeah so it's like i guess circling back to the beginning like i my initial uh, desire for fitness was more out of being strong and powerful than looking good for chicks and part of being strong and powerful was knowing how to how to throw a punch and knowing how, how to, to fight. And, you know, I think I got into some boxing and martial arts from 14 to 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did some, I did a little boxing. Um, I did uh, a train with a martial art instructor that was trained in Jeet Kune Do and proficient in like, you know, grappling. And I, uh, and then I did some, I joined a BJJ gym and I kind of trained, I train in those kind of three elements and I like just the idea of, you know, I, I like the idea of, of knowing how to fight. I mean, when I was a kid, I, my, if my older brother and I got into like conflict, like I got my ass kicked. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, you know, I want to know how to fight. And also like when you're, you know, if, if, if uh, when you're, you know, if, if uh, you know, if you have to defend yourself, or you're fighting and you get beat up, whatever, it's just like, you don't want that. So I always wanted to know how to fight. And I found definitely, I found like, in a real life situation, um, the problem with a lot of martial arts, man, is that like they try and teach you way too many different techniques and moves and fancy stuff. And it's just like, just like when I was in university and like maybe 10 or 15% of the stuff I'm learning is it can, has utility. I found that with a lot, a lot of martial arts, it's just like, it's like, I had to kind of stop and just kind of in my head, I was like, well, what am I doing here? Like if someone fucking, if, if I'm out and I get attacked, never in a gazillion years am I going to fucking do this thing. And then mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's not going to happen. And so what I, what I kind of gravitated towards is literally, is literally learn how to fuck, learn how to punch, like learn jab cross, learn footwork, learn how to move, learn how to, where to keep your hands and block, learn some clinch work. 
elbows and stuff and knees and, and a little bit of wrestling and grappling and get as strong and powerful as possible and punch Bob, literally punch Bob because there is a, there is it, there, in a real fight situation, it's, it, it's not going to look like a, it's not going to look like a boxing match. It's not even going to look like an MMA fight um, where you can kind of pick your punches, jump in, jump out, you know, move around, come in, exchange and get out. A real fight is just, it's like kind of two animals fucking locking heads. It's like, it is get, Once it's on, it's on. There's no, you've been in many real fights. I've been in, I've been in at least five. I think there's might've been a sixth one, but I, I've been in a few fights. Most mm. of the time I was drunk and most of the time I was at bars and, uh, and, uh, it, 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 it's been pretty exhilarating. Um, and the, the one thing, you know, the one thing I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll say is like when a real fight, like once it's on, you don't feel anything. Like I, I, I was at a club, I was at a club, um, in Toronto one night and I, I, I was very drunk and I, I was with this girl that recognized like this girl that I knew she saw me and I, and I lifted her up. I spun her around and when I spun her around, I did not realize that her heel hit someone in the face. I had no idea. And so I, 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 I put her down and all of a sudden this guy was fucking charging at me, fucking grabbing me. And I was like in my, in my head, I'm like, Oh, here we go. And I throw him off and I punch him. And then we both get pulled back. Um, and uh, you know, it's just like a switch went off my head where I'm like, this is like, this is not over. And like people holding back, I throw them off and like, he's coming at me too. Like, and, and so me and him, start start uh start and, and he had his friends there trying to break it up and so i, I throw i throw my people at my table back and me and him are going at it but now his friends are going like his friends were initially trying to break it up but when they see us going at it and he's about to go down then i have like three guys punching me and there's three guys in front of me and i'm I, and basically point is is in, in this story like there's no fancy moves it's basically being in the right position and just just throwing those hands and you're gonna get hit. You're not. Mm. You're not gonna do a street fight, especially if like you know, it's very like it's you're gonna get hit. But um, but uh, you know, and then and then basically it it uh, the bouncers came in and and uh, it was all good. And I just remember, I remember, uh, I remember uh, like at one point I was literally had three guys hitting me and I was fucking just right there and I didn't feel anything. I remember. Um, feel the next day though. Yeah. So I, and I, I was uh, I was just like I was just I was like I was like. And when I left the club, I was like, how the fuck did I not get hit? Like, I was insane. I was like, like what the hell did I do? Like, I didn't get hit. And then I woke up and I went like this. And like, every bone in my fucking face was hurting. Mm. I was like, oh, no, I got, I got fucking hit. But, but I didn't get, like, I didn't take, like, a, you know, I didn't take one of those, like, big fucking shots. It was just kind of grazes. Yeah. Um, but Would you recommend but, the guys to learn how to fight? Absolutely, yeah. You know what? I think it's, I think it is, it is. In life as a man, you know, it's it, you are going to have those moments where, where not the moment I just described. That was stupid. Obviously, I, I was I was drunk and, and that happened. But um, and and you know, and in I didn't and I didn't know what happened. Like, but basically, like uh, someone's charging me, so I have to defend myself. Um, but in life, like as a man, you are going to have those moments where where you know you have to, like you have to, you have to know deep down that if this escalates and becomes a physical confrontation that you can handle yourself if you don't have it's like it's like going through life playing poker with a freaking two and a two and a seven or whatever it's like it, it like it's like man if, if shit hits the fan you you gotta fucking pop down your two seven mm. i'd rather go through life with fucking pocket aces where 
absolutely you do not want physical contact uh, you don't you don't want to fight you want to avoid fight at all costs the risk is high the risk is high is if you know if fuck man you get hit and you you fall down you hit your head you're dead or or you know or their friends come from behind you or you hit them and they're hurt it's it's the the, the cost of of combat is is very very high but again like if someone's going to attack you you don't have a choice and if you have to defend yourself or love one you don't have a choice so you want to feel competent you know mm -hmm. you want to feel competent. And I've, I've, had that, I've had that moment even at a nightclub when I was at a table, I was with a girl and I was, I was sort of into her or whatever. And then, mm -hmm. you know, some guy, like when I'm not paying attention, some guy comes behind and starts chatting her up and, uh, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like let them have their thing. And then I was just like, I was like, at, at that point I was like, it was time for him to walk away and go away. And I kind of was, I kind of engaged. I was like, Hey, what's up? You know? And then uh, he's like, is this your girlfriend? And I was like, it's not my girlfriend. I'm like, no. And he kind of kept chatting, trying to stay in there. And I was just like, uh, you know, and, and he kind of got a little disrespectful and I was just like, buddy, fuck off. And like, and then he, he waited for five seconds. He looked in my eyes and my eyes said, like, I will fucking rip your head off, dude. Like, get the fuck out of here. And then he walked away. But like, if I had no idea how to fight, and I was scared about getting in a fight. Mm -hmm. like, I probably couldn't say that with fucking conviction. How did, how did she respond to that, um, you know, position with him? The guy was actually good looking. Like he was cool. He probably he probably mm -hmm. gets 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 lots of girls. Um, after and like and, and in those situations, like you do feel like your fucking your heart your 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 heart kind of jumps a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but because uh, like any any time there's potentially something's going to escalate, your adrenaline response system's going to kick in. Um, she was so normal and chill. Like after, I was like, I was like, I was like. Uh, uh, you know, she, I, I asked her, I was like, I was like, that was pretty intense. She was like, yeah, like, I think she was turned on a little bit. I think she was turned on. Definitely. There's a, um, there's a, a study that I think Google engineers did at one time. And I think, um, you know, it's been quoted a few different places. I also put it in one of the chapters of my book as well, but, um, they found that women search habits online for stuff that they're attracted to. I think it was tied in a porn, if I'm not mistaken, um, where things around, um, Surgeon, billionaire, werewolf, vampire, pirate. I can't remember what the other one was, but basically like like men that uh, like speak softly and carry a big stick, right? Like you've got to be dangerous as a guy, but you have to have a level of civility about you, right? Like women want to be with a guy that knows how to fuck up shit, basically. So, you know, if shit hits the fan, they want to know that you've got the competency skills. And that's why knowing how to fight and learning hand-to-hand -hand combat is a useful skill, right? Because, I mean... You know, it's, it's probably going to come into play at some point or another, right? Like you have to, you don't have to do it. I mean, don't do it if you don't want to. I mean, you know, drink your soy and, you know, play video games and do nothing with your life if you want, but I say do it. And you know what the funny thing is that, uh, is that a lot of times the guys that run their mouth and like are disrespectful actually don't know how to fight. Yeah. Like they, they overcompensate, like guys that usually know how to fight and can handle themselves and, you know, even really big dudes, they, they don't, don't pick fights. Yeah, they don't pick fights. They don't. They don't start shit. It's it's the guys that kind of that don't know how to fight that will have like like I've literally had I've literally I've literally had a had a situation where where I I had three fucking frat guys trying like fucking trying to get tough on me and I fucking mm -hmm. made them my bitches like <laughs> literally they're like it's it a little it's a cool story but basically I got I was, when I was younger I got pulled in I got some one recognized me pulled me into this frat party I was with my a friend of mine who looked a lot older than me and these fucking assholes just fucking like 
they didn't even just say, hey, can you leave? They were like fucking pushing him, kicking him. I didn't even know this at the time, but he just texted me, hey, come outside. And these three guys were fucking frat guys were hopped up. And uh, and I, I and uh, they're like, hey, get the like, they're like, oh, that's your friend. Get the fuck, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. And I was like, I was like, dude, I don't, I got invited here. I don't even want to be here. I will leave, but ask nicely. And the, the, there's three of them. And then two of them got right in my face and I just fucking exploded. Mm-hmm. Hit them just once, once. And then, and then these guys were beating up my friend, literally like kicking him, like attacking him. And when I fucking put, hit him once each, just hit boom, boom. And then the third guy was kind of, he was kind of like kind of more standoffish and backed off. So I didn't do anything. And they, they, their tune changed from fucking being tough guys. You fuck out of your book. And they they were saying like, they were saying like really uh, offensive slurs, um, really offensive words. Um, and, and, and their whole tune changed from fuck out of here. Three of them to man, why'd you hit me, man? Oh, you know, I'm a, my God, warrior, like fucking bitches. Like, you know, but again, if, if you're going to have to defend yourself, you have to know like the right necessary force. Yeah. I one, one push, two punches, and they were completely like they they back down, and you know hopefully they they learn their lesson. But like you get in trouble if you if you uh, and I, I told like look here, like here's my my real I, I you treat me well I'll treat you well. I say hey ask me nicely. It's not even you just didn't ask me nicely. It, when I said that you just got right into my face. Like look I I am gonna defend myself, and I know that if someone enters my space gets that close, they could easily without me having time to react. Elbow me, fucking choke me, do anything. So, uh, like, if you enter my it's space, not just that though, I mean, like, they could have a weapon. They could have a, a shiv, a knife, or something like that when they're not close to you. Yeah, they, they they could have a weapon. They could have a knife. They could, and they already look like they're a little bit like fucking screws loose. And mm-hmm. so, once they're in my space, I'm gonna assume the worst. I'm gonna think that like something's going down. And this is like the problem. A lot of people they don't have this this sort of like mentality. Like, I see two guys chest bumping each other, fighting. It's like, dude, this guy could just elbow you, and you're done, and stomp on your head, and you're dead. Mm. in a second so if someone enters my space i am fucking gonna fucking snap like i'm fucking just here and that's what having a bob is really good for if you have a bob it's like you can stand right in front of it okay and imagine things are getting heated and stay calm and then in a split second you have to fucking create that fucking rage and in real combat what i've noticed is that like it's it's not like jab cross hook here it's like it just fucking go like you, you it's all out i think paul vunak he was like a jeet kundo practitioner but he he trained a lot of like the navy seals and he would train them to like kind of okay they're in this like you know traditional fighting stance and then one and, and then a, a split second they go into like rage mode and they just go insane punches elbows knees and that's what i try and mimic with bob or i'll i'll be training with him and then, I'll, and then the stuff that goes viral is just me like fucking like you know, just raging on it. Yeah. This guy, but yeah, I, think- I started out with Krav Maga and then I switched over to boxing. I mean, Krav's a good skill for disarming uh, guns and knives and stuff like that. But I think that boxing is probably a lot more useful in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Boxing. Grab these, grab these super chats here. Nick looks, Nick looks like he's been in your program. 173 pounds, 20% body fat to 144, 11% body fat. That's a pretty good improvement. Yeah. You cut, you cut 9% body fats. Uh, to Greg, what's it like being an aesthetic boss since the age of 15? What lessons do you learn having with genetic edge? Sorry, having the genetic edge with the discipline over most for so long at this point. What lessons do you have? Uh, ha- what lessons do you learn having the genetic edge with the discipline over the most? Uh, do, do you think that you have a genetic edge over other guys? 
Uh, let me think about this. Uh, like, you know are you what? genetically gifted? I mean, did you did you grow muscle very very quickly, like faster than the average dude, or did you have to um, work for it? Yeah, I would say I am genetically gifted for you know for strength. I I'm very few men, even if they train correctly and right, like a small subset of men are going to be able to incline press two seventy five for five mm -hmm. at under ten percent body fat. Um, it, if, if you like thing, the thing, the thing I'll say though, is that like those guys that look skinny fat or a bit chubby and they think they have bad genetics, but that's when they're doing everything wrong. Genetics don't determine how you look when you're doing everything wrong. It determines how fast you respond when you're doing things right. Um, so I've seen guys that like you would assume had terrible genetics. They start doing, they start doing follow my nutrition training protocol and they make insanely fast, um, results. Um, but, but you, you know what it, as a as a kid, even in, in high school, like when we did gym tests and stuff, like obviously I worked very very hard and I was very into it and and but like I I I was always like the top top in the class in, in gym class in, in chin ups and push ups. Um, I like as a teenager, like I just I I wasn't obviously the biggest, but um, right. I was I definitely definitely destroyed in fitness tests. So I I definitely genetic wise. I, I am, but you know what's funny is actually I was very, I was more geared towards like, like running. Like I, I did very well at distance running, not as much on sprinting, but I've morphed my body to become more like explosive and powerful um, mm -hmm. because that's what I, 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 I focus on. Did you ever on. follow like any of the old school bodybuilders like Tom Platts? Um, I didn't really follow like I, I kind of got. I mean, like Platts was known for like massive legs. He had he had he had retarded legs. Like they were they were out yeah. of proportion to his upper body. And one of the things that he used to talk about was doing explosive sprints. Like he would do like fifty meter sprints, but like hundred percent power all the time. Damn, no, Platts was a legend. He's, you know what? I don't think there's a a, a harder leg workout in the world that, or a harder work any workout in the world than than probably doing a Platts leg workout. Like if you're if you're doing repping. You know, I don't know, he probably was doing 500 pounds for 20, 30 reps of squats. It's, it's, it's pure torture. Yeah, they were uh, big boys. But, uh, you know, I, I followed some Vince Garanda stuff and and some of those guys. Um, but uh, no one no one really, you know, I, I was, you know, I was actually really into this guy named Ross Enemy, who, uh, who's a strength and conditioning coach for fighters. And, and he's in, like, insane shape, is, is in, like, literally insane shape. Um, with strength and, and stuff. So, so, uh, yeah. Got it. All right. Well, let's, um, let's say goodbye to everybody. Um, where should people find you if they want to get more of your uh, information stuff, programs, yeah. stuff, all that? I'd say, uh, the best place to connect with me is going to be on Instagram and that's at Greg O'Gallagher, my name, uh, Greg O-G-A-L-L-A-G-H-E-R. Um, and then as well, my website, kinobody.com. Um, those are the two places to check out, but I'm most active and engaged on, on Instagram and you can find all my, all my stuff there. I got my programs and supplements and the clothing. Cool. All right, brother. Thanks for, uh, joining me today. Don't go anywhere. I don't want to talk to you after the show. Uh, yeah. guys hit the like button and, uh, we'll see you in the next show.